Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Let's go, let's go, let's go! Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Calgary Stampeders in a little over 48, what, 51 hours from now? We'll get it on because we don't get along. It's 5 o'clock kickoff, just after 5 on Saturday. We'll be on the air with our pregame show at 2. But this is the Sports Cage on a Thursday, brought to you by our friends at the Canadian Brew House. And uh, they got a couple locations in Regina. They got one in Moose Jaw. They've got a great menu. They've got great drink specials, like a dollar off a tankard. And they also have all the sports you can handle under one roof. Major League Baseball gets firing up again uh, tomorrow. Who do the Blue Jays got? My Padres got the Phillies. Oh, my Blue brain. Jays, Blue Jays. My brain. I, I can't tell you on the top of my You're head. You're a Blue Jays fan and you don't even I've know? I've checked out. You've heard Ben Wagner yesterday. He's checked out during the week. I just cannot remember top Blue of my Jays head right now. Blue Jays are home to the red hot, great Diamondbacks. Arizona Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Yeah. Diamondbacks are 52 and 39. I just needed a bit of a poke. That's 50 all. and 41. Hard to believe the Diamondbacks are two games better than the Blue Jays. Who would ever thought that? Yeah, Crazy. Uh, uh, my Padres are trying to keep their winning ways going against think, the Philadelphia Phillies. I think you should just forget about the Padres. No. They're not going to make nope. anything this year, man. Anyway. They're done. Anyway, we'll talk more baseball in a second. Shut up, Zinger. Yeah. Um, there's CFL football tonight. And That's so weird. Sorry, but my, it's so weird. My friend just texted me and said, I'm going to Jays versus Diamondbacks tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. That's crazy. That's uh, the Edmonton Elks have never won a game in their home field since they've been named the Elks um, in June of 2021. They have a 19-game home losing skid. All right, they'll try to end that tonight against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, and if they don't, and they go to 20, that would put them on the international stage as the team that can equal the longest home losing skid in all of the big four North American sports. The Elks, um, like I said, they are, uh, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's actually really bad. I'm going to pull up the stats here. I had it. I cut and pasted it so I could talk about it. Then, of course, everything got screwed up. So here we go. Let's, let's, let's take a little bit of a deep dive into this for the Edmonton Elks, okay? They're coming off the loss to us 12 to, 12 to 11. Now, when you look at this here, uh, they've already got the record for the longest home losing skid in CFL history at 19. They got that when they had their 15th straight home loss, uh, to the Montreal Alouettes, October 1st, 2022. Ottawa Rough Riders, who lost 14 home games in a row between uh, 1987, July, and October 22nd of 1988, had the previous record. Um, now, that 19th loss surpassed the Pittsburgh Penguins, who lost 14 straight uh, during the 2003-2004 uh, season, pre Sidney Crosby. The NFL's longest home losing skid, Shared by the 1988-89 Cowboys and 2008 to 2010 St. Louis Rams, also 14 games. Now, if the Elks lose tonight, their 20th straight loss at home, it'll equal MLB St. Louis Browns, who lost 20 home games in a row in 1953. So there you go. Taylor Cornelius is yet to win at home in his two seasons as a quarterback for the Elks. He has an 0-12 record at Commonwealth Stadium. I think they win tonight. Yeah, they're going to win. I, I think, think they'll win tonight. I think, I think they're going to win. I put money on them tonight to win. I would. 
absolutely. On my pro line, yeah. I picked a tie, so that means any team can win by three or less. Yep. I I wouldn't less 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 to work. Good start to the show. Good for me start today. to the show. Yeah, good start to the show. <laughs> job, hey, the Rough Riders have brought back American receiver Jake Herslow. He attended training camp with the Riders this year and had some rave reviews. Suffered a knee injury though and was released to create a roster space. But the Riders are lacking a bit of depth with injuries at receiver. So the six foot five, one hundred and eighty five pound receiver um, was a, a University of uh, Houston Cougar. Caught 35 passes for 480 yards and 5 touchdowns in 14 games. Good enough for third in the team and he is uh, on the roster right now. Don't know if he'll play but uh, That sounds like a tall lanky frame right there. 6 foot 5 a buck 85. No 6 six foot sorry I meant to say. Oh, six you foot. said 6 foot. No 6, like... six foot 185. Sorry but yeah, yeah I was like oh that is that does sound bad. Um Brad Haroff named the 43rd head coach in Regina Pat's history. Uh, of course, he was an interim coach for a bit uh, when John Paddock had a little bit of health issues, and now he gets to do the whole thing full-time, which is great news. I, I'm happy for Brad. I yep. always like when organizations promote from within, yep. especially when they've been grinding and working for yep. a long time. I yep. think the jobs deserve to go to those I type of people. I can put myself in his skates. Yeah. Because I, you know, I, I, I was here for a long time before I got this job that I always wanted. Um, and I'm sure he, as a Regina guy, hockey guy, he, I mean, can you do better in junior hockey than coaching the most storied franchise in your hometown? I know. It's awesome. The last time I I went to Toronto, I looked behind me and Brad Haroff was sitting there. Really? Yeah. I should have nice. poked him and be like, hey. Should have said something. Yeah. Uh, SB's yesterday, Pat Tillman Service Award presented by the Bills DeMar Hamlin to the team's training and medical staff. Of course, he died on the field in Cincinnati during a Monday night game. They brought him back to life and he's... I think he's going to training camp with the Bills. He's cleared to play anyway. I know that much. Uh, of course, uh, on the other spectrum of the stage, Diva LeBron James made the announcement that he's coming back. He openly pondered his retirement after the Lakers' playoff sweep by the Nuggets in the West Final, but he's going to become just the sixth player in NBA history to play in his 21st season or beyond, joining Dirk Nowitzki, Kevin Garnett, Robert Parrish, Kevin Willis, and Vince Carter, who has the record with 22 seasons. So he wants to play till Bronny gets there. How far is Bronny away? Uh, two well, years? Technically, like two years away. Yeah. But my question is, is, was there a narcissist award last night? Because that is just... Oh, yeah. he's a, he's into himself. Everybody, look at me. I'm going to make my yeah. announcement. Yeah. Now, what one of the worst bum. things in our business, boys and girls, is trying to trying to uh, pronounce tennis names. Tennis names, race car driver names are never easy. So here we go. Uh, Owns Jabur will take on Marquetta. Vondrasova, a left-hander from the Czech Republic, on Saturday. Vondrasova became the first unseated woman finalist at Wimbledon since Billie Jean King in 1960, uh, 1963. So, Ons Jabur takes on Marketa Vondrasova. So no, there you that's go. Good. Uh, it could be. It might not be. I, hey, I Bronny know. James, by the way, is uh, eligible for the draft next year, twenty twenty four. We got to talk about this for those that care. Okay, we got to talk about this now. Um, I was thinking about some really bad sports names. Uh, New New Orleans Pelicans is a pretty bad name. Yeah, okay, that's, that's a horrible name. I don't know why they came up with that. That still might be the worst. Um, I wouldn't say this is a horrible name, although I don't really. Did you really get the history on this? Like the Red Blacks, that was that seemed like a lazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think anyone has found the answer for that quite yet. 
I mean, I, I, it's not atrocious. It's just kind of boring. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Elks, not going to lie to you. Yeah, me either. I wish I could argue with you. Um, anyone? Any other names in baseball or like in Major League Baseball? Or I know there was a, a minor league team called the Savannah Bananas, a baseball team. It's kind of funny. Uh, Macon uh. Whoopi was a, a minor hockey team. There was a baseball team called Macon Bacon, which is funny. This one, though, has got to be one of the worst names that I have ever heard. And I will not say, oh, no, it'll it'll grow on me. No, it won't grow on me. Okay. The new team coming into the WCBL. And remember, they had a team called the Yellow Jackets in Saskatoon. And the Yellow Jackets played out of Karen's Field, and so will their new team. And they're putting money into it. The Priestner family's behind it. So they'll have some p- deep pockets, Okay. Um, the Saskatoon Berries, the Saskatoon Berries, taking to the, do it, taking to the field, your, do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome your 2024 Saskatoon Berries. How stupid is that? What kind of memorabilia will they sell? Like, I, I I love berries. I love Saskatoon berries. There's nothing like Saskatoon berry pie. It tastes unbelievable. But does that strike fear into any opponent's hearts that you're, oh, we got a tough game in Saskatoon against the berries? Hey, imagine, hey, is this Julio Gonzalez? Yes, who's this? This is the Saskatoon berries calling. Click. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Jeff. I know you're, the Barry's calling. Je- Jeff, I know you're playing in uh, sh- uh, college in the Chicago area. Would you like to come play some summer ball? Sure, where are you? Saskatoon. Oh, okay. You know, we're a nice city, Bridge City. Uh, what's your team name? The Berries. Click. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? What? They're going to tell the guy have a big berry on the jersey? Are they they should have, have been the, of, they should have been the Saskatoon Robins you, for crying out loud. That's what you loud. wanted. I I think the one of the ones that they had left over, the top five, I would have gone with River Pirates. At least it sounds something. Could have a cool logo. Uh, the Berries. That is one of the lamest team names. And for a team that's coming back into a market, okay, after being out of the league, the Berries. Uh, it's 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 unfortunate, and I. Uh, That's an uh, that is right there with the New Orleans Pelicans no, as the worse. worst team it's name. Worse, I, uh, Pelicans. I think is it is. Better. I think it is. Like you, you would pick Robins because your mentality was what. There's that sign in Saskatoon that says Robin Hood. It's an iconic sign. I think it was down for a couple of years, yep. but then they put it back up. Right. And I thought that they maybe could tie that sign in with the actual Robin the Bird, since, you know, a lot of bird names are used Orioles, for baseball names. Cardinals, Blue Jays. Yeah. Why, not, why not be the Saskatoon Robins, have some nice pinstripe, you know, brown and orange type unis, kind of like a Baltimore Oriole type uniform? Oh, Way better than the berries. What, what, what's going to be on their jersey? Berries and handwriting. Yeah, like I don't get it. Is that what? It, yeah. Real. What's the, what's their logo going to be? And is it berries? A berry? Yeah. Like one berry. Is it a berry? What announces will have a field day? The Red Sox. They're going to have two berries dangling. Yeah, yeah, you know what that's going to look yeah, like exactly, on their hat? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We got berries. <laughs> look at that set of berries. Yeah. We squashed. Have fun with the merch, boys. Yeah, we squashed the berries. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, that's terrible. That is actually. 
936-6262. It's, Does that go down as the worst team name ever? I say yes. That's the worst team name in any sport that I've heard. Maybe you have one other, but off the top of my head, it, Pelicans was the worst, mm-hmm. and now it's Berries. I'm just, it's good that they're back in the league, though, because Edmonton's coming back into the league next year in the West Division in the WCBL. What, what do they call themselves? Uh, Edmonton prospects. Okay, yeah, they're back. Yeah, see, that's a good one. Yeah, they're back in the league that's next year, so the the divisions are going to be balanced. One new team here in uh, the East, and then the team out west coming back in the league. So six teams in each division. Let's go! Come on! Now we just need a new stadium. Come on! Build it up. Build it. They will come. Come on! <laughs> Can't wait tonight. The Regina Red Sox and the Saskatoon. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage here on 620 CKRM. Michael Ball here along with Sean Kleisinger. The show brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Like the president of the Regina North Little League, that would be Dean McQueen. How are you today, Dean? Hey, Michael. I'm real good this afternoon. How are you? Doing awesome. Now, we're about set. We're about 10 minutes or so away from you doing the big tournament draw for uh, the uh, the national event that's going to be taking place here in Regina. Pretty exciting. First time Saskatchewan's ever hosted this. Uh, it's the first time in about 17 years that we've hosted, I believe it is. Uh, but, yeah, we're real excited for the opportunity to welcome, you know, the best little leaguers from across Canada into Regina. Now, the winner of this goes right to Williamsport, is that correct? That's correct. Uh, they'll spend an extra day here in Regina uh, exploring the city and then uh, get on the bird at 530 in the morning on the 12th to head uh, through Toronto via uh, down to Williamsport. So. Okay. So um, how many teams taking part in this? Uh, there's seven teams total, Michael. So uh, you've got a <clears throat> Team Atlantic, uh, which will come from uh, one of the Atlantic provinces, Team Quebec, Team Ontario, Team Prairies, which will be their uh, Kiwanis uh, North Regina combo team versus uh, the Moose Jaw team that's being played. Provincials are being played next week. Uh, of course, the host team, uh, North Regina Little League, as well as Alberta and British Columbia. Awesome, and of course, you you've got like you said, you got that host team, which is uh, all, uh you know helps for the draw of the event for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we believe that there'll be some pretty good crowds uh, at the park when the host team and obviously when the the Prairie representative play too. So, yeah, come on out and enjoy some great ball. So, what is that? August first to the tenth, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct, yes. Uh, The only day that may not have ball is uh, the 8th of August, which is the the rain delay. So if you have any rain during the first seven days during the round robin, that's the makeup day. Is there any like pomp and pageantry around this, like an award ceremony or anything going on or anything for the fans besides baseball? Well, obviously the opening ceremonies will be probably something to see. Uh, that'll happen on the 31st, or sorry, the first, the first day of the, mm-hmm. of the competition, uh, at 4.30 at the park. Okay. And, uh, for people not familiar, where can they watch this action, my friend? Yeah. So we're at, uh, 850 Pasqua Street, uh, just off the corner of Louvan and 4th Avenue behind the Allen Blakeney Adult Learning Center. Awesome. So, yeah, it's a great uh, great place. Boy, that uh, that area has really uh, come alive, not just the ballpark, but the, the, the facilities there at the ballpark looking good. 
Yeah, we've got a lot of renovations uh, still underway, but uh, things are falling into place nicely, and we've done some significant upgrades to our field and facilities, so we're we're ready to to showcase that to the nation. How many games a day are we looking at here for this thing? Three games a day, Michael. So uh, each team gets a bye day uh, during that first seven-day stretch, uh, and the other six teams will play um, that day and then just continue on for for seven days of that. And then, like I said, the rain delay or rain day is uh, the 8th. The semifinals will be on the 9th. Uh, we also have a uh, Girls Got Game uh, event going on semifinal day with girls coming in from around Western Canada, as well as some of our own girls that uh, are playing baseball here with North Regina Little League. And then uh, obviously the finals will happen on the 10th uh, at noon. Dean, tell me uh, the age group for those that aren't familiar. It's uh, basically 11 and 12 year olds, Michael. Um, Little League has uh, a bit of a different age bracket on them. So it's 2010 kids born uh, after August 31st all the way through 2012 kids that are born uh, before uh, August 31st. God, when you say those years and everything makes me feel old, man. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, How does Regina get this event? Uh, It's been a process. Obviously, we put in uh, a number of years ago as a potential host site and uh, were critiqued and evaluated and uh, ended up getting it. It was supposed to be last year, but uh, because of COVID, that pushed everybody out a, a year. So uh, Calgary hosted last year, and uh, we're lucky enough to get it for the 2023 season. Just talk about, because uh, I've watched the, the Little League World Series when it gets to Williamsport, but just talk about the quality of ball here in Canada in terms of what will be representing our country going there. Yeah, it's real good ball, Michael. You know, obviously, uh, for those who have watched some Little League, last year uh, the team from BC represented Canada and beat Japan for, I think, for maybe the first time ever. Mm. Um, So, uh, obviously, we know the Japanese have got real good baseball players and uh, uh, usually do quite well in that tournament. They're usually one of the favorites to get into the international final anyway. But, uh, yeah, Canada is is coming a long way, obviously, BC is probably the the perennial favorite in this event. Uh, they probably have the longest baseball season of anybody and get to play outdoors a little more than we do here on the prairies. But, uh, yeah, the ball's real good. Mooshaw was in the final last year, the Canadian final. Uh, they had a real, real strong club and just came up a little bit short against that BC team that was really, really strong. You you raise a good point. It's much like football here. You, you, you don't have the weather outdoors to do it uh, as much as you'd like. So for Saskatchewan and a team like Moose Jaw to compete uh, right to the ends, uh, nice feather in the cap, so to speak. Yeah, I think it's a testament to... You know the the kids and the coaching that uh, gets put into these kids. Uh, obviously, we are forced indoors during the winter time to train, and uh, that's what these kids have done. We uh, we shortlisted a group of 24 kids that trained uh, from October through March indoors, and then uh, did some tournament ball in April, and then uh, made the final team in uh, middle of May. All right, so you got to get this tournament draw going uh, here in a couple of minutes. How does this work? How does the draw work? Do you put it into a bin, or how does that, how does yeah, that go? Yeah, exactly, and you, you draw out uh, Team team BC, and they will be Team A. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah. Uh, all seven teams have a uh, their uh, their ball in the, in the draw, and 
the chips will fall where they may. Yeah, well, that's good, man. And I'll tell you what, who knows? Show up to the park August 1st to 10th for the national championship, and you could be seeing the next, you don't know, you could be seeing the next Jordan Romano or Larry Walker or Joey Votto. You never know, right? Yes, that's for sure. You never do know. (laughs) Dean McQueen, thanks for your time, man. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. 3.30 with the sports ticker. The Regina Pats have announced Brad Haroff as the team's next head coach. Haroff joined the Pats as an assistant coach back in 2015 and has been with the club ever since. And prior to joining the Pats, Haroff was the head coach of the Regina Pack Canadians from 2012 to 2015. And uh, Brad Haroff, he takes over, of course, for John Paddock, who announced his retirement on Monday. It's time to pump you up. Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish on the Sports Cage. All right, Tish Duffy, we love having you on every Thursday. Let's get down to it. Uh, strength training. It's very important. doesn't matter the age. And you got two tips on how to improve strength training. Take it away, you expert, you. Thanks, Michael. Uh, I love negatives. So there's two stages of contraction. There's a concentric, which is the exertion, and there's the eccentric, which is the letting go. The letting go eccentric phase is actually a stronger phase. So you can, uh, you might need help um, pulling it up, but eccentrically, you should be able to lower it yourself. So I always try to encourage, especially at the beginning of the workout when you're fresh, to add a couple of negatives where the eccentric is even slower than you want to. So maybe like down for a four count. Um, and that will equivalent, like if you do two extra eccentric negative uh, reps, you're probably adding about five to 10 more uh, effective reps doing them at the same tempo. So really, really slow lowering to the last couple at the beginning of the workout. And then the second thing would be drop setting. So start with a heavy, heavy weight, of course, never compromising your form. Obviously, sure that the form is there first and foremost, but um, once you can no longer do three to five reps of that heavy, heavy weight, without resting, slowly put it down, grab a lighter uh, weight so you can finish your 12 to 15 reps. So that will really improve your strength, but then developing to that failure range uh, with that three to five rep range will help fatigue the muscle and break through those thresholds. Listen, we uh, we attract a younger audience, but uh, you and I are both the both same age bracket. I think I'm a couple of years older than you. When when do you look at adjusting your weight in terms of strength, like where you don't lift as heavy and maybe do higher reps? That's a great question. I mean, I've really noticed it in the last year, being on the 45, that I've had to take some of my weight down. Not for everything, but certain things like squats, deadlifts, uh, just because my hips and knees are just not as happy as they used to be. I always say, listen to your body. Your body will talk to you. If it doesn't feel good in your knees, your elbows, your joints, then you have to pay attention to that. If you're uncomfortable after the session in your joints, not your muscles, we want those muscles to be saying hello the next day. But if your joints are really, really bothering you post-workout or during the workout, it's probably time to take that weight back just a bit. You can follow her on all the social media handles. That handle is Train with Tish. It's Tish Duffy. Thanks for your time. My pleasure, Michael. 
Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the sports cage. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Our text line's powered by the Capital Auto Group, 936-6262. I think we should look at a couple of texts if we can. Uh, this one, why wouldn't they go with the Yellow Jackets again? Referring to the new uh, team, WCBL team, coming out of Saskatoon, playing out of the old field, Karen's Field. Um, but uh, they're going with the Saskatoon Berries, which I think is the worst name in sports, period. Uh, except for maybe like a... The other team, the other one that I don't, I'm not a big fan of are Gamecocks, South Carolina Gamecocks. You don't like the Gamecocks? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, not because I'm like, oh, but I just don't like it. Uh, they should be called the River Bandit, says Nathan. Saskatoon Berries? Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm just, just telling you. Uh, another bad team name, according to this anonymous texter, the Tulane Green Wave. I like the Tulane Green Wave. I'm neutral with that one. I don't. I don't mind it. I don't really it's not. Care. It's not terrible. Um, Aiden here. I was thinking Saskatoon Silverbacks, like the gorilla, but Berries is just plain ridiculous. Saskatoon Silverbacks. Did they have a? Did they, did they have a zoo in Saskatoon? Yeah. I, I don't know if yeah. they have a gorilla there. Do they? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, they, they have should, berries. Well, they should get one in there do, they, and call their baseball team they after They do it. have berries there, and they've said, you know, we have so many berries. Let's yeah, call we, our we baseball team. We have grass. Yeah. Let's call our... We have we have sunflowers. Yeah. We got a lot of... Regina rebrand yeah. coming up. The yeah, Regina no, I like sunflowers. The, I like the Red Sox just the way they are. Like, when you're making a team name, you got to think... One of the things is A, marketing, and B, like, uh, memorabilia. Like, where are you going to go with berries? I'm serious about this. You're going to have a couple berries just dangling, kind of like sagging yeah. off a branch. Sagging and, off a branch on that? People are going to see it and yeah. be like, oh, what is uh, that? <laughs> yeah. Let me take a little closer look. And then you pick up the piece of memorabilia, and then it's a little too detailed. The and then you dry- start asking more questions, thinking, here's the 2-1 pitch. And... uh what the heck's his name? I'm trying to come up with a name. Hold on, hold Julio on. Julio Rodriguez. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold right. on, hold on, hold on. Um, here's the two-one pitch to Stefanos, and Stefanos a line drive. Oh, hit Clark right in the berries. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, that right? that happened to the Weyburn Beavers back, uh, catcher the other night. Got hit in the berries. Straight in the berries. No, but they're the beavers, not the berries. Well, you got straight hit. <laughs> Never mind. You know what I mean, though? <laughs> yes, yes, like, like yes. Like the berries. Uh, that is stupid. It's stupid. That's the dumbest name in sports. I don't care if I sound like a whiner. That's a... Re- you... You... It won the vote. It won the well, vote. Well, then there are a lot of... I love Saskatoon, but there are a lot of people that were into the rum and eggnog early if they thought the berries is, is the way to go for a team name. Um... All right, here's your injury report for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And out, Winnicky, we knew that. Out, Dean, we knew that. Ooh, Anthony Lanier II is out for the game with a foot injury. Mm. That's a big one. Brandon Council out with a finger injury. Charbel DeBeer questionable with the leg. CJ Rivas, they just have a dash by his name and leg. So I don't know what that means. Lake Corte Moore, a dash by his name and leg. That it says. means that they're, that they're, that Play. they're, that they're good. Yeah. Okay, good. No uh, designation means okay. they're ready Roland to roll. Roland Milligan is out. 
Peter Godber is out. Frankie Hickson is questionable. Lothar Henderson, uh, also no designation. So check this out. The Riders already reeling. We knew Winnicky wouldn't play. Matt Dean, we were pretty... We, we knew he probably wasn't going to play. Lanier II, Council, Roland Milligan, and Peter Godber are all out. That's uh-huh. huge. Yeah, That's we're going absolute- to be seeing a lot more Brian Cox on uh, Saturday. That's a lot. Well, I hope Brian Cox Jr. plays like Brian Cox's dad. We need a little more fire from him on the defensive line. going to be very interesting to see what happens there. Charbel DeBeer was off to a pretty good start this season by his standards. Questionable as well. 936-6262 with all these injuries. How are you feeling about your riders in this key game against the Calgary Stampeders who obviously don't have Malik Henry, they don't have um, Peyton Logan, and they don't have uh, Kadeem Carey, but they do have Diedrich Mills, who we heard from yesterday. They got Mark and Michelle back. He was a veteran receiver that bounced around the NFL for the last four years. He'll take a couple more minutes to figure things out. Um, probably rely a lot more on Trey Odom's Dukes, and uh, Reggie Bagleton is back in the lineup. All right. And so how it's going to look defensively for the Riders, we're going to hear from him in a bit. Jeremy Clark is going to play corner. Deontay Williams moves into halfback. I like that. Yeah, they're going to juggle around. Dalkey will switch between safety and Sam linebacker with Derek Moncrief. So there are some interchangeable parts there. Good news, uh, Micah Tights isn't on no injury list, and he skipped out of practice for a bit and came back into practice at the end, so that was uh, not today, but uh, yesterday's Blaine Wyland, our reporter, did bring us up to speed yesterday. Okay, with that in mind, one of the guys who's been a nice surprise for the Riders offensively, because let's not forget they've had some injury problems on their receiving, or in their receiving core too. As a matter of fact, they re-signed Jake Herslow, who hurt his knee in training camp after getting off to a good start with the Rough Riders. He's back in the fold. Don't think he'll play this week, although that hasn't quite been determined. He does know the offense, so there's a benefit to that. He could come right in and Make a make a uh, contribution, or at least know the offense, unlike a unfamiliar street free agent. But we've got Sam Emlis up here now with Blaine Wyland talking about his great start to the season. I'm joined with uh, Samuel Emlis and Samuel. It seems like uh, you're well on your way to proving that the sophomore jinx is just a myth. How do you feel about uh, so how things are going so far in your second season here with the Rough Riders? Man, everything going well, everything going as planned. Um, I came in this year trying to prove and show what I can do, and, and it's paying off right now. So I'm happy, and let's keep it going. Even though last year was a professional season, did you really treat last year kind of like as a redshirt season, kind of get you back into the, the Canadian game? Yeah, I mean, uh, I treat last season as like being a sponge and just absorb the more information I can and uh, learn from the from the vet, learn from the quarterbacks and, and get uh, uh, get back to playing Canadian football. So I was just a sponge, get more, more information I, I, I could and, and it's paying off right now. It seemed like like last year you were like one of the last guys off of pra- off of the practice field. A lot of time with one on one with Keen Schaefer Baker. Maybe just talk about uh, what his presence has helped with your game. Yeah, I mean I've been doing this ever, ever since high school, staying, catching after practice, up to college and out of pro. So you know it's just a good habit that I try to keep keep on on doing. And uh, and you know I've been doing it with Schaefer. Uh, Schaefer now here right now. He's coming back, working hard to get back on the field. So I'm just you know find somebody else. Like today I was with Watson. And, uh, you know, getting some catching drills, make sure we get our catches in. 
You talked about uh, adjusting back to the Canadian game. What was the biggest adjustment that you had to make last year in terms of making that tra transition back to the ca Canadian game? Really just the waggle and um, the field size. You know, um, American football, everything more faster because it's a, it's a smaller field. And like um, you get you get more press, man. The coverage are different, you know. And here you get you might have a linebacker drop as a safety and stuff like that. So it was it was really more adjustment, but you know at the end of the day it's football, and then you get you get used to it. Even though that you were a second-year player, did you feel kind of like on the same you know level playing field as the other receivers with a lot of turnover of new offensive coordinator, new offensive co a quarterback as well? Uh, that you felt like you know you were kind of on the same level as the other veterans? Yeah, I mean um, we all we all got a job to do, obviously. Um, I feel like I feel I know I know my skills. I know what I can bring to a team, and I, I'm pretty sure the other guys feel the same way too. And at the end of the day, it's competition, and the more the more guys push me, the more I, I get better. So I don't see it that way, but at the same time, it's just just pushes to another level. In terms of forming that chemistry with uh, Trevor Harris, was that something instant or that did that take a little bit of time during training camp? Uh, it was actually it was quick. It was really fast with with Trevor. Uh, even before camp, we had a little mini camp with the other guys, and and we could just chop it up, have fun, had fun, went out. So really, that's that was really the the foundation of a chemistry. He's just uh, towards the year, he's just building and building on. So that's great. Obviously, I want to score a touchdown, but I'm gonna be as more happy if it's Picton or it's Bain or Watson. You know, at the end of the day, if you receiver, I'm happy, and as long as we get the the win. It's it's all it's all accolade at the end of the day. I'm just trying to get trying trying to get some win, get to the playoff and win a great cup. Do you feel that you're becoming a key target in terms of second down receptions? Do you feel like you've been one of those guys that have been moving the chains uh, this season? I mean, yes, most most definitely. I feel like I can help the team and whenever my numbers call, I'm gonna make a play. So that's how I be feeling and and so far they trusting me and I appreciate that. What's it like playing a secondary like Calgary that uh, so quick a turnaround after you know playing them in week three? Yeah, I mean um, now we know they know our tendencies, we know their tendencies, so it's gonna be a chess a chess game. But you know we got a good game plan and, and we're ready to execute. Uh, with a win against Calgary, it'd be a two divisional opponent uh, wins in terms of season series. Is that just kind of at this point just a feather in the cap, or is that you know like a real reward for you guys for this fast start? Obviously, uh, it would be a reward, but we don't think as much as that. Every week we're just trying to win, and, and we're gonna let the chip fall off where they at uh, ranking wise. You know what I'm saying? But we're just trying to get some wins, and it's, the season just started. It's a long season, so we're trying to rack up as much much wins that we can. How big was it to come away with a victory last year on home turf after such a long drought? Yeah, I mean it was a gutsy win, and and I'm glad we 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 won that one, you know. So so we up to we are we on the next week against Calgary, and and uh, and uh, it's gonna be a great one. All right, well thanks a lot. No problem. That's Sam Amelis joining our own Blaine Wyland. Three touchdowns in the game against Winnipeg in the home opener. Uh, had a nice catch on a corner route against Edmonton to get the uh, Riders out of the shadow of their own goalposts. Um, in that 12-11 victory over the Edmonton Elks. It was a low-scoring game. A lot of people didn't like it, but our next guest that we'll hear from, Jason Shivers, did. It was like a Picasso to him. He's the Riders' defensive coordinator. And you're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brewhouse on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. So if you're just tuning in, the Rough Riders injury report is out. And out of the game, we know Winnicky's out with a knee injury. Not sure how bad it is. Matt Dean is uh, out. Anthony Lanier II is out. Brandon Council with a finger is out. Um, also out 
is Roland Milligan with a back and a foot problem. He was in a walking boot. Peter Godber's been bothered by a hand injury. He'll miss a second straight game. Questionable Frankie Hickson. Questionable Charbel DeBeer. Hickson with the back. DeBeer with the leg. And then it looks like C.J. Rivas, Lake Corte Moore, Amari Henderson and Brett Lothar are basically status unchanged and most likely probably will play, but could be a game-time decision. So there you go, uh, the Rough Riders. So that means they'll juggle a little bit. If Revis plays, you'll probably see him at some point in in the strong safety spot, or uh, pardon me, in the strong um, linebacker spot, the Sam spot, maybe it's safety. He was real good in that uh, game against the Edmonton Elks. In fact, he was our defensive game star uh, in week one, was he not? I believe so. Yeah, he was. So, yeah, and then, um, and then, of course, you'll see Dalkey move around, and you'll see uh, Moncrief move around. Uh, Deontay Williams, who's been good since training camp, was playing the corner. He'll move inside now, and Jeremy Clark, who's been a healthy scratch because of the ratio, will get to play. And I had a chance to catch up with Jason Shivers, the Riders' defensive coordinator, and I start by asking him, hey, what do you want to see from uh, Clark? Just take his level of communication to to the next level. That's the one thing I want to see from him uh, this week. All right. And in terms of what you're seeing from Calgary, what what are we seeing from them? You know what you saw the first game, 29-26. Oh, yeah. No, lots of run. I know Dave is going run the ball on us, you know, that's that's their MO, their hallmark, and so our job is to try to stop the run and get them in the second and longs, and then this time get the quarterback on the ground or make a big play somewhere when opportunity presents itself. I want to ask you about the pass rush. Do we make too much of sacks? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good story, you know, and you guys got to do your job, and um, as far as us, though, we really don't worry about it. We know that they can come in bunches, and uh, we just want to execute and don't let the quarterback out all the time. Like, that's the main thing. Like, you know, if he has to throw the ball and gets the ball out quick, there's a lot that plays into not getting sacks, right? They can take the line out of it by, you know, run game, RPO action, where the quarterback's not holding the ball as long, but then also they can speed up the process of the quarterback and get the ball out. So we may not have a chance to get home. So we have been hitting the quarterback, getting a lot of hurries and pressures, but we just got to finish this week. I felt against Edmonton, though, when you had to get to the quarterback at the end of the game, you pressured Taylor Cornelius to make decisions he didn't want to make and then ultimately the interception. Yeah, that's right. You know, that the way the flow of the game was, it worked out that way where, you know, we had them, we had them checkmate. We knew what they were going to do, and we made some adjustments on the sideline, and we just kind of held them and waited to the right opportunity to pounce on those adjustments so that we can, you know, ultimately help our team win the game. Overall, Jason, what's your philosophy on defense? What do you preach to the guys consistently? What's the baseline for you guys? Uh, DYJ. Which is? Do your job. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know Ryan Phillips says, hey, he likes his guys to have fun, fly around on the football. I know you like your guys to fly around on the football. How much is fun, you know, preached here on this sideline? Oh, you know, we don't really talk about fun because we're always having it. So it's just, uh, you know, we keep it loose. I'm not a overly boasterous person. So, you know, I think the guys kind of uh, change their mood and mindset to wherever the coaches lead them. So um, I, our guys always have fun. They enjoy being around each other. Um, you know, so it's, it's a good it's a good thing. Last year, this team was 4-1, and one, and then things kind of spiraled. I feel this team is different here at 3-1. and one, You've had a Western heavy-laden um schedule as opposed to last year and you had your injuries later as opposed to early how are you feeling about this team going into what could be another key win if you win you win another season series yeah i mean 
the guys are scrappers, you know, and, and everybody's pulling in the same direction. So, you know, I definitely feel good about this team. I feel like we have cohesion from the top down. You know, we all have our, our eyes on the right prize. And as long as we can keep our mindset there, I think at the end of the day, and don't worry about the ups and downs of the game, just continue to execute on the next play, win the next play, stay in the moment, win is now, that, you know, we have a chance to win the game when the, all the plays total up at the end. And speaking of defense, as Jason Shivers there, uh, we heard from him, thanks to him. Uh, CFL sacks are up 17% from 2022, averaging 5.4 a game versus 4.6 last year. Sacks have been drive-enders this year. Of the 95 drives going into tonight's game, Edmonton and Hamilton, where clubs have allowed a sack, just one has resulted in a touchdown, just one. And the data is also showing... Uh, how defenses have excelled and grown into 2023. The trend includes CFL defenders getting a hand on pass attempts more frequently. In 2023, there have been 45 interceptions made and 108 pass knockdowns and 1,174 passes, meaning 13% have been touched by defenders. Uh, that's... Um, there's only 10% back in 2017. Well, so in tells six me years, that the quarterbacking is also yeah. less stellar. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Very, very good point, man. Um, the Elks, 19-game home losing skid. 1-22 uh, in 22 in their last 23 home games. Something has to give. Uh, they're 0-5. The last time they started a season 0-5 was 1965. Only in their inaugural WIFU season of 1938 did they begin at 0-6 or worse. Who do you want to win tonight? Edmonton. Do you? Yeah, I do. I think the league needs Edmonton to win. Yeah. Like I, 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 think, I think I'm with you. I want Edmonton to win, and I want them to win because of everything they're doing. Like the, I want it for the players because I know some of those guys, and they're good. Like Geno Lewis, yeah. Manny good Arsenault. Guys. They're good people, and they work hard. I like Taylor Cornelius, I like Stephen McAdoo. Uh, I never had a problem, although I think maybe he had a bit of a problem with me, Stephen Sorrells. Um, Chris Jones, I don't have a problem with Chris. Uh, Chris and I have always gotten along. Um Maybe he doesn't think that way, but I do. We've always uh, we've broken bread. We watch America Thanksgiving football one day. Um, so I, I and Victor Quee's done a great job marketing that team and trying to get people to come out. I I really want to see Edmonton. Yeah, those can you fan, imagine those you bought a, you bought a forty dollar ticket and you've already seen uh, two games free. Yeah, you could get season tickets. Imagine you get season tickets for well, forty bucks. Team ain't making any money at the gate, dude. If they don't win this game, if they don't win, it's gonna this come game, back to bite them. No, that promo. no, check this out. They've got Hamilton today. They've got so they've got Hamilton today. Winnipeg, BC, Winnipeg. Where do you see a win? They got to win this well, game. Well, they're not going to win. They've this is their win. only chance. They have to win this game. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but Matthew Schiltz does not strike fear into my heart. No. They barely beat Ottawa at home. I'm going Edmonton by 10. I think it's going to be... Could even be a blowout. Could even be two touchdowns. I think Edmonton's going to find a way to make it close... You know they're no, gonna. Edmonton smokes them by. I say. I don't I'm see them say smoking it's anybody. Be, uh, Thirty to seventeen. Twenty six, twenty three. Edmonton. I just don't see them. But isn't it great? We get the. I'm not a big Thursday night football and fan. It starts at seven too, which is good for us. Yeah, in Saskatchewan. That is good for us. And here's the other thing. I never brought this up yesterday, and I saw. Now he went as fake gainer, but his thing is burnt toast on Twitter. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take um 
credit. Uh, credit for this. Yeah, thanks for the brain cramp there, or help with the brain cramp. But he had a good point. Now, we had brought this up, but he said, why isn't the Hall of Fame game played on Wednesday of the All-Star? Like, during the all like the All-Star game is done on Tuesday, the Major League Baseball All-Star game, and then there was nothing last night but the ESPYs. Why not play the CFL Hall of Fame game in Hamilton have or you know make the schedule that way so we play a game. There's nothing else to compete with in all of North America sports. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, even tonight there's no competition. Or tonight, well tonight there isn't either. Yeah, it's true. Tonight's probably a better night. There's no SPs. There's literally nothing. Yeah, so. fake gainer, you were wrong. Uh, Sorry, fakey. Uh, but uh, he's a good follow too on Twitter. He's but, a good, but, good. But 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 I will say this. Like I um. I don't know about this schedule, like today even or this weekend. Like we're, 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 I know you can't have it perfect, and maybe the riders had to give some up to get some over here. But playing on Craven weekend at home, I know that's tough. That was the first thing that I thought that's of when the, when the schedule that came. That is tough, man. You're gonna have a bunch of country crooners. They can either go one way or the other. Cricket you know? crunchers and their hats on over at the Craven, not going to the rider game. Trying to think, yeah, Tim McGraw Saturday night. Is that Tim McGraw yeah. Saturday night? Ooh, that's a, that's a Ooh. tough sell for Ooh. where the green grass grows. Is that Tim McGraw? The synthetic grass grows at Mosaic. Go watch the game. <laughs> it's the sports rubber cage. pellets. This is the sports cage on six twenty CKRM. Six twenty CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host Michael Ball. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. And welcome to the show, hour number two, and we kick it off on Tuesdays and Thursdays with Arash Madani. It's Coast to Coast for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Give Brian Golly call 546-2533. Arash, you are in Edmonton. We'll get to the Canada football stuff in a second. Um, First off, are you going to the Elks game tonight? And do the Edmonton Elks win? Uh, Yes. And yes, I mean, of course I'm going to the Elks game tonight, Baldy. I mean, this is Battle of the Titans tonight, the Elks <laughs> and the Mighty Ticats. Yeah. You know, I was I was on the plane uh, last night coming here, um, actually prepping for this segment. Let your superiors know. The night before, I'm prepping for our Good. Segment. Love it, man. Yeah. Um, and I was going through the box score um, the final stats. I don't know if these stats are accurate. You know why. <laughs> but looking at the Ryder game last week, I wrote this down. Who won the turnover battle? Edmonton, Edmonton plus two. Edmonton. Edmonton held the ball for 23 minutes more than the Riders. Sorry. 37 minutes. And they were better on second down conversions by 15%, 57 to 42. Uh, they outgained them. Um, yeah, second down conversion percentage is what I have here 57% to 42%. Mm-hmm. You win the turnover battle plus two. You have a dominant time of possession. You have better field position. You have more yards gained. Um, you dominate on second down. 
most times you win that game. Uh, it just feels like Edmonton, like something has to go their way. And I think tonight's the night that it does with Hamilton on the short week. I think it's a blowout. Yeah. I think it's like a third. I had a 30 to 17 game. Uh, so you're in Edmonton as part of the. Because foot- Matt Schultz, too, right? Yeah, I mean, Matt yeah, Schultz, yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah. Well, I mean, Taylor Cornelius, come on, except one guy. Hey, no, that's, hey that's your MOP right there, Baldy. That's Baldi. yours. Yeah, that's yours. Hey, uh, you are on the uh, Football Canada Board of Governors now, which I put highly in question after picking Taylor Cornelius, the MOP, but I digress. <laughs> uh, you get into your hotel room, I hear, and a little birdie tells me you were greeted with a little bit of a surprise. do Is that right? And do tell. Well, I, it was a surprise, and it wasn't just my hotel room. Um, when you walk in, almost uh, on the little countertop underneath the TV where they tell you about, you know, the room service and the emergency and whatever, little cardboard cutout here, Balti. I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. A picture of Kevin Brown running back, our team, our city, him in an Elks uniform, and then you flip it around. It says, welcome to Edmonton. There's a QR code with an Elks logo on it. And it says, scan here to claim your free ticket to an upcoming Elks game. Enjoy an Elks game on us. Now, this may sound very small and very simple. But, look, I'm in a hotel. I'm a visitor from another city coming in. I may not know much about the town. I may not know what to do in Edmonton. But hold on, I can just scan this code and, oh, wait, there's a football game tonight and I can go for free? And when you think about business travelers who, you know, come into cities, some nights they may have, you know, functions or dinners or whatever, but some nights they're free and they have nothing to do. How smart is this for people on the go to come in, just scan the code, boom, you got a ticket to the game tonight. This is grassroots marketing, getting people in the building one by one, two by two. And I thought it's just a small concept, but a smart concept by the Elks to get visitors and business travelers, maybe families who want to come to a game. Shoot, we can come. And that's butts and seats there in Commonwealth. It's great. I'm glad you brought that up, man. That's a very good uh, point on your behalf. And good job by Victor Kui on the business side. And, and Zinger asked me before he came on, who do I want to win? I, all, Edmonton all day of the week. And you'll say, oh, Ballsy, that's stupid. They're in the West. No, uh, the CFL needs a strong Edmonton franchise because of its history. Uh, you know, even though the Elks don't have a history. And I just, they, they, the CFL needs Edmonton to win tonight, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Um, there, there's not a franchise with a more storied history in the league than this one. There's not a franchise whose, look, Sask, people, I think people take Saskatchewan for granted almost. I think people have given up on Toronto. But it almost feels like the measuring stick is, well, of course Edmonton's going to draw. Here's the problem. Edmonton's not drawing. They had a great home opener, of course. Everybody knows about that. Also, I, I'm, I'm cringing at the idea of what I'm going to witness tonight when I go to the stadium. Like, it's, it's the middle of July. It's a Thursday night. Kids are out of school. This is it, right? Like, this is, this is, mm-hmm. this is the night where it should be rocking in there. And I, I'm afraid... It's just going to be crickets. Like, I, I'm pretty sure 
good sections are still available. You're right. The CFL needs this market. Yeah. Hey, uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders can, well, we're week five in for them, week six, but week five for them. If they win this game, they win a season series for the second straight week. And I don't think you can underplay this for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They have a lot of injuries. And if they could somehow squeak this one out against a desperate Calgary team and it won't be easy, it's the equivalent of using the baseball analogy. They'll have, they'll be like a game and a, it's like getting a half a game on top of winning. You get an extra half a game because you won the season series. This is a huge week for the Riders. Massive, 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 massive on a lot of levels. Yeah, they win the season series. They get to four and one. They plunge Calgary to one and four. And a lot more questions would be going on at McMahon Stadium because of it. It would also mean the riders would have, drum roll please, uh, I know you haven't heard this in a long time, a winning record at home. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. All the things that you need to start building momentum and doing good things. And, and I just, I don't know about you, Balsing, especially last week. It didn't give me a lot of confidence of what the riders are all about. It just gives, gives the fan base some confidence that, okay, we may not necessarily quote unquote be a four and one team, but a win's a win. The standings are the standings, and as you figure yourself out as a football team, it's a lot easier to move forward when you're four and one than it is when you're one and four. Just ask Dave Dickinson if they lose yeah. this weekend. So, to me, this is a massive one for, their, yeah, for your riders. It's going to be great, man. Uh, okay, so um, Arash Madani joining us here, coast to coast for Smart Investing Solutions. Now, yesterday, the biggest moment for me. And I didn't watch all the ESPYs. Uh, I'm not a big award show guy. Doesn't matter if it's the Emmys, the ESPYs, the Oscars, whatever. I um, uh, I uh, like the Demar Hamlin uh, situation oh, wow. when he came out. The Pat Tillman Service Award gives it to his training staff. Want to talk about uh, the award of the night and heroic? When you the definition of hero is the the staff that saved his life and who, the guy might play again. Um, but the other one that flew under the radar was Jamal Murray, the comeback yeah. athlete of the year in all of sports. What a great story! What a great story. Here's a kid from Kitchener, Ontario, who in 2020 in the NBA playoff bubble really started to emerge as a star. And then, bam, April of 21, tears his ACL, missed the entire playoffs in 21, the entire following season and those playoffs, and really wasn't right until the new year. And then he comes back and is utterly dominant in the playoffs, like an all-time playoff performance without hyperbole. Like, the numbers... We're right there with what Michael Jordan has done over the years, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty emotional up there on the stage. Not like Hamlin. I mean, that's it's not apples and apples. Um, but Jamal thought about his journey and everything that he had to overcome and all the people who helped him out. And he thanked his teammates for continuing to have confidence in him. And he's instrumental in the Nuggets winning their first NBA championship ever. But you think about you know, all the glitz and glamour, and I'm with you on award shows. But I thought the DeMar Hamlin thing was amazing, Ballsy, because he comes out, and we haven't seen a lot of emotion from Hamlin other than being upbeat and happy and positive. And he walked out onto the stage, and he saw all those people, his peers, other athletes, and then the whole thing finally hit him. 
of what happened in December, of how he was dead on the field, of how he was revived by the training staff, and now he got to honor them in Pat Tillman's name, and that's when all the emotion came out. I thought that was really cool, too. We'll talk some more basketball next week because I want to talk Olympic basketball, and I want to ask you an NBA question uh, that's been asked by other people, uh, but I want to ask it of you. Uh, It has to do with LeBron James. He's coming back again, but we'll save that uh, till next time, okay? Sounds good, my man. Take care, man. That's Arash Madani from Football Canada, from Sportsnet. And we're happy he's on the show. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Your Sports Cage clutch performer today goes to Bittner Workman of the Regina Red Sox. Now, the Sox lost last night once again to the Weyburn Beavers 5-3, to the final score. So Regina has lost six of their last seven ball games. But Bittner Workman... He was a pretty good ball player last night, as he has been all season long. Three for five with one run scored. So the Regina Red Sox have a couple days off now before they start up their Alberta road trip on Sunday in Brooks, Alberta versus those Brooks Bombers. Bittner Workman, your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. Time now where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. I knew it. I knew it. Brad Haroff's the new head coach of the Regina Pats. No, I didn't officially know it, but I knew it. They couldn't. They we could, felt it in our bones. They could not let not not let this guy coach the team. He paid his dues. I am all for men and women paying their dues and getting an opportunity within that company. It happened to yours truly. It's happening to this guy, Brad Haroff. Congratulations. Thanks, Chad. How does that... How does that line up for you, buddy? Like in terms of your life, life goals, everything like that. Uh, well, right now it's definitely at the top of my list um, for hockey wise. Something that when I first moved back here it was a goal. I remember I was working at Ranchero. I told one of my one of the directors, like, "Hey, what do you want to do?" I'm like, "Coach the Pats one day," and he basically laughed at me. Um, so I think about that. I thought about that a couple of times today. So here I am today. Um, just never know what can happen. Just got to stick to it and just believe in the process. Besides uh, being entrenched, Brad Haroff, in the uh, organization uh, for these years, uh, and before that with Regina Pat Canadians and things like that, why are you the right man for the job at this time, do you feel? Uh, I think I understand our hockey club. I understand the culture in which has been put in place. I think John and Dave Strucci, you know, did a hell of a job the last eight years establishing, you know, uh, just reestablishing Regina Pats. And, and in the end, it, it comes down to the players and them being bought into it um, and them, you know, carrying it on and passing it on. Because the, ho- the coaches can beat the drum all they want, but 
until the players take over the culture, um, I don't think you don't got much as a coach. And I think that that's, I have a good relationship with a lot of the kids that are currently on the roster right now. Um, I think that's one of my strengths is as a teacher, as a communicator, is building those relationships. And, uh, yeah, I just think that overall, in the last 10 years, I've been working with this age group of young men. And I think that uh, I have a real good handle on, you know, what makes these young men tick. Brad Haroff, new head coach of the Regina Pats, 43rd uh, third coach in um, Pats history. Uh, what kind of player does Brad Haroff like? <laughs> well, I think like most, like that's for me, Saskatchewan kid growing up, Wendell Clark was my favorite player. So, um, you know, I like the game played that way. Obviously, that's not the good way the game is played nowadays. So I think that a lot of those things for me have evolved. Um, but for me, I think this biggest thing, any hockey coach, I think everyone is kind of cliche to say, is just, but just being competitive. Um, size to me doesn't matter. Um, it's You throw the puck in the corner, who's the kid going to come out with the puck? Those are the type of people I like. And when it comes to that kind of race, um, doesn't matter if it's football or if it's hockey, it's a physical confrontation and who wants it more is generally going to come out to it. So to me, just having that, just that genuine effort, that, that genuine motor, those are the kind of kid, you know, that I want to be a Regina Pat. What do you think of the team you're taking over here? You know some of the pieces, there's some unknown pieces. What, what do you think of this uh, hockey club going into this season? Uh, you know, I think that going into this team, I think where we were going with this hockey club, I think that we were a year, uh, you know, if you look at where we were with our rebuild, um, you see Connor's age of being 17. You know, what we did in the first round, I think we had a lot of kids going around his age group uh, really coming into their own or um, that have grown up together. Um, obviously, we're never going to replace Connor. No team ever does. Um, but I thought, our you know, we were in a tough spot because I think our age group was maturing together. Um, just down the road, they have a real good hockey player in Jaeger. He's coming into 18. So if we had another player like that, I think we'd have a real good team. Um, I think for right now, we just got to sit back, um, see what Al's got envisioned for our team. Um, he's guy, he's built a lot of winning hockey teams before. So I think just being open to what he thinks our team's best. And we've had a lot of those good conversations already, me and him, um, and the rest of the staff. And I think we're all real aligned in, uh, you know, what needs to be done here to make Regina Pats a consistent, uh, playoff team did you two dudes hit it off uh were you nervous at all that you wouldn't get the job uh well ballsy one thing i know about hockey man is uh don't count your chicks until they're hatched because <laughs> anything can change and you know some of those promises but you know it's something i really believed and i think i had a real good relationship with our organization i think i built trust with a lot of the right people um so for me i just always believed that I know I can do the job, so if it was happened here in Regina, which obviously I want it to happen, I knew I could do it elsewhere too, and that's the fact that, you know, of this career is it's going to take me other places. Hopefully I can be here for the next 20 years, um, you know, but I'd definitely be an anomaly if that did happen. So um, I believe in what I can do, and uh, I was definitely hoping if it would be in my hometown. There'd yeah. be another team I'd choose. Got the great Ken Schneider staying on with you. What happens with the other assistant? Are you in charge of getting that, or does uh, Al uh, help you look for that search? What happens here? Yeah, I think the, the one good thing, I think Al's kind of already still with us in the staff, is a lot of this is going to be a collaborative effort and, you know, decisions we make with, you know, if it's going to be 
trades or if it's going to be staff members. I think, you know, for all of us, they're going to have input from Ken to Al to myself. You know, we've got to fit a certain skill set. And for us right now, we're just identifying what skill set we exactly need in that person. And, uh, you know, so we're, we're going to hire the best person possible to help grow our young young talent pool. You're a pretty lucky guy. That was a dream of yours. You're going to get to achieve your dream, and I'm not making this about me, but that was like when people asked me when I got into broadcasting school, what do you want to do? And it wasn't be the voice of an NHL team. It was be the voice of the Rough Riders. So I can kind of put myself in your shoes so I know what it's, it means a lot to you, and that's really cool. Now, you're also lucky because Al Miller knows how to build winning teams. Did it? Moosja has done it on the international stage with Canada, so you got that support. I already mentioned Ken. But before we go here, Brad, Haroff, what did you pick up from uh, the incomparable John Paddock, who was here for nine years? <laughs> well, tons of things. Um, relationships are first and foremost. How you treat other people, how they treat you, that's about longevity in this business. And having a network of people that generally care about you, um, that's how you keep hockey going. I think with John, um, he was a lifelong learner. Um, he was never too big, never treated anybody that like he was a Hall of Famer, which he is, um, but he was a Hall of Famer person. Um, John is a very simple person, um, but very practical. I think one of the biggest lessons I learned is you don't need to wear dress shoes on the bench; just wear comfortable shoes because you be standing there for forty-five minutes at a time. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Good way to end that one, man. Hey, we'll have plenty of more talks for hopefully plenty of more years uh, as you get ready to do your uh, first training camp. Lastly, quickly, how are you celebrating tonight? Are you going out for a steak or something? Yeah, I'll kind of see what's happening. Just kind of hang out with the family. Um, to stay with them. They're the ones that have got me into this position right now. So to spend time with the people that don't care about the wins and losses, those, those are the easy ones to hang out with now. Yeah, sir. You circle the wagons with the ones that matter most. Thanks for your time, Brad. Congratulations. Hey, not bad for a couple of Miller alumni. Hey, you got that right, buddy. You got that right. That's Brad Haroff uh, from the uh, Regina Pats. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, it's 4.33 with the sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. Football Canada Cup, the gold medal final, is happening on Saturday at 7 p.m. And, yes, you might be thinking, there's another game that's happening Saturday. Yes, the Ryder game's at 5 p.m., but the under-18 Canada Cup gold medal final uh, starts at 7 p.m. So roughly around the third quarter-ish of the Ryder game is when kickoff will happen between Saskatchewan and Quebec from Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton. So a very exciting there. Saskatchewan going for a four-peat at the under-18 uh, gold medals at the Canada Cup. Hey, and... Uh, Speaking of Commonwealth Stadium, the big game tonight, Hamilton is in Edmonton taking on the Elks. The Elks looking for their first win on home turf since 2019. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. 
Third right fake spear. Play pass. 16 counters. Z deep angle. Pull back west right. Zoom. Pull back left. Pass half back at zero. Z quick screen left. On one. We'll start in the amateur ranks. Team Saskatchewan's off to the gold medal game at the Canada Cup U18 Championship in Edmonton. At Foot Field at the campus of the U of A, they hung on for a 15-12 hard-fought win over Ontario yesterday. They kicked a late field goal from 36 yards away to win the game. So Saskatchewan will take on Quebec for the championship at Commonwealth Stadium on Saturday. And if Saskatchewan wins, it'll be the fourth straight championship for our province at the U18 level. Plenty of CFL news to get to. Week 6 kicks off tonight in Edmonton with the Elks playing host to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Edmonton trying to end a 19-game home losing skid. More Edmonton news along with some Rough Rider stuff. Fines announced coming out of last week's game here in Saskatchewan. The Riders defensive back Deontay Williams was fined for a high hit on Elks quarterback Taylor Cornelius. Elks defensive back Dwayne Thompson the second fined for a high hit on Riders wideout Tevin Jones. And Elks defensive lineman Tony Ely who was given a 15-yard penalty in the game for striking Micah Johnson in the face with an open-handed slap in the fourth quarter was also given a fine. The CFL Report brought to you by Kevin's Marine and Fort Capel. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out in person in Fort Capel or online at kevinsmarine.com. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Canadian Brewhouse, the sponsor of the show. Thanks to them for getting on board. They've got dollar off of tankards. they got all the sports under one roof, including CFL football tonight, Edmonton and Hamilton. We'll talk about that game with our buddy Luke Mullender in a few minutes. He's joining us in studio. It's always great to break bread with him in person. Um, first thing, Luke, I want to bring up is... <laughs> The WCBL used to be in Saskatoon. They were called the Yellow Jackets. They played at Karen's Field. Now, the Priestner family, they, I believe, own the Rush, and they own the... They own the Rush, do they not? I believe they do. They own the Rush and the Saskatoon Blades, and now they are taking over this new entity back in the WCBL in 2024 in Saskatoon. They put money into Karen's Field. They did a poll of what... They did a survey, had 10 names, dwindle it down to five. So some of this is, I guess, Saskatoonians picking this. The new team name is the Saskatoon Berries. I say it's the stupidest name I've heard for a sports team ever, maybe. Well, it's July 13th. Hmm. I can confidently say that that will be the stupidest thing I hear of all month. (laughs) (laughs) And there's been some stupid things already. Yeah, like... Think the about Saskatoon. the marketing or the, the, the memorabilia. Well, I think the problem is whoever created the contest to name the team, yeah. the messaging must have been just absolutely terrible. They must have been like, hey, what's your favorite thing to shop at the grocery store for? Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, like there's no way that you say, hey, guys, we need a baseball team name and the winning thing should be a fruit. By the way, the most crushable fruit uh, of all fruits, yeah, the the ones, yeah, and the the ones that have no impact they on any type of, on any type of recipe. Yeah, any berries recipe, suck. If it's not yeah. Saskatoon berry jam, the, they're, they, there's they have no impact in any other recipe. Hey, yeah. blueberry pie. Hey, Luke, picture yeah. picture the logo, man. Two two uh, berries. That's the other thing I was going to say. I didn't want to bring hat. this up, Zinger. I'm glad you. I'm glad on you. 
I'm glad you. I'm glad you said. I'm glad you said that. Looks like a potato sack. Well, hold on a second. It looks like a sack, but it's not a potato. You feel if you get my drift, right? Like they're dangerously close to like creating a PR nightmare behind berries. Like I don't think they thought this one through. Yeah, and like, are they going to have a night full of berries where a bunch of berries are in the front row, like guys named Berry? Like, well, you just gave them your their first. They, they, I guarantee they didn't think of that. They're like, oh, hey, did you hear that? Do that, right? Like, no, that's what a terrible name. Okay, this is the other one. I, I want your opinion on this. The berries. I want you. You can't even like like go Jays go right. Yeah. Like right like like um skull Vikings. Like yeah. what do you do for what yeah. what moniker? What cheer do you make up if your team's the Bears? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. You score. That's stupid. It is dumb. It's like it's like. <laughs> Let's go berries. That's so stupid. That's the <laughs> squashing berries. They'll have a berry stomping contest for tailgate. Yeah. Make jam. We're making jam before the game. That's, uh, that's so, so stupid. Anyway, hey, I want to bring this up and get your opinion now. Um, I read. I, I I heard Coach Dickinson um, bring this up in a uh, in a scrum last week. Yeah, it was last week before Picton went into the lineup, okay? And then I read an oh, article no. on the Ryder website oh, no. <laughs> about Picton. Oh, no. And that it, it's weird because oh, it's like... don't do this, man. Don't. You're going to get me in trouble. Do you want me to talk about it? No, no, talk about it. It's, you, like, it's, it's, like, it's like he's smart... He's smart and he's a Swiss Army knife, but he can't. Like he's too. It was almost like he was too smart to start. I, I read. I read. I read a little. I couldn't bit. believe that. I was they, thinking about what they was position, the, the, Did they position it the wrong? The positioning or? argument was that he's actually too good to start, which, which is again okay. Maybe the Saskatoon Berries thing isn't the dumbest thing. That that is also very dumb. I didn't I, think I, Coach Dickey meant it that I'm way. I'm not sure if he meant it that way. Yeah. But the article that was printed on what he said because things get misconstrued all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. But to actually print and say, hey, guys, you know, Mitch, this guy is too good to start. We we got we got to try to cut him every training camp, and we got to keep him as low yeah. as possible on the roster because he's too much of a talent. Yeah. That's what that article inferred, yeah. and that is is even stupider than the Saskatoon Berries argument because <laughs> because because yeah, like to say, and and if I'm Mitch Picton, yeah. right, and I'm not saying, and again. Coach Dickinson's words were hopefully taken out think, of context. I don't, think, I don't think he meant it that way. But if I'm Mitch Picton, I'm actually saying, well, hey, wait a second. Okay, fine. I may be too good to start, but I want starter money because you said that. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm yeah. fine being the guy coming, but you need to pay me starter money. Yeah. Right? So, well, you've always been high on him, and he had a great game. I love I think He was the highest graded receiver last I week. I think he's one of the best pound-for-pound pound football players they've got on that team. I, I really do. I think I can't I can't say enough, and I've liked him since he came out. I thought that he was one of the more intelligent rookies we've seen. He reminded me a lot of Andy Fantuz when he first came out, because Andy Fantuz possessed the same type of football IQ at a young age as Mitch Picton did. And Mitch, you could tell it was there. Like, he was, he understood zone concepts versus, man, he understood, th- and, and, and and man, like you know that that too good to start BS. That's that's a real shame that, that they printed that. You know, and again, I think they took the words um, wrong. Yeah. Because no coach would say that out loud. No coach, because 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 fans aren't stupid. Yeah. If if a coach really said, hey, yeah, this guy's too good to start, we're not going to start. There'd be a revolt, yeah. right? Especially here in Regina. So yeah. so again, I think that if you're Mitch Picton, you say, yeah, good, okay, well, you know what? Here's see see what this guy's. Th- if you think that, I want to be paid as a starter. I don't care where I sit, mm. right? I don't care what. Uh, the, yeah. 
yeah. I want to play, but man, if, I, as long as I get paid like a starter, I'll keep my mouth shut for now. But that guy, that guy, mm-hmm. that guy is cut from the same cloth as Neil Hughes. That guy is cut from the same cloth as Marcus Adams. That guy is cut from the same cloth as, let's see, someone else. You know, yeah. Neil Hughes and Marcus Adams are actually really good examples because those guys, they Rob brought guys Bag. in continually. No, the, no, they didn't bring guys in to cut Rob Bag. No. Rob Bag was a top. How about Stu Ford? Stu cut himself. Don't worry okay. about it. Yeah, Stu. <laughs> Stu. Hey, listen. <laughs> Stu, right? Yeah. The whole thing was, you know how everybody was yes. like, the crowd was always yes. like, Stu. We would always be on the sideline waiting for them to do that, and then we'd go, Pid. <laughs> but that's my guy. Yeah. But, yeah, like, they tried to cut Neil every year. They tried to ch- cut Marcus Adams every single year. Every single year they would try to cut the and, – and every single year those two would prove their worth. And Mitch Pickton's the same way. It seems like they've tried to cut him every single year, and all the guy does Dan is make Clark plays. Dan Clark was kind of like that a little bit, too, at times. He had to grind, and every year they were like, uh, well, I don't know if he's going to make True. it. He's a guy that they probably tried to replace a number of times, too. But again, but that's again, that's how legends are made, right? Yeah, like, and, and I, yeah, I can't tell you guys how much respect I have for a guy like Mitch Pickton. And I'm not saying that just to get free Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> okay, so before we, this is where we do play now picks. We'll do that on the other side, but I do want to talk about tonight's game because our play now picks, Ben Whiting can't be here because he's coaching the actual future stuff in Edmonton as part of the subsidiary tournament around the Canada Cup. Uh, And we'll talk about that too on the other side, but I I do want to talk about tonight's game at Commonwealth Stadium. Zinger asked me who I want to win. He didn't say who I think will win. He said, who do I want to win? I said, well, I want Edmonton to win. I think the the league needs Edmonton to win because we need... I'm so glad you said that. And I think Edmonton will win today, and I think it won't even be close. One of the things that I'm very lucky to be surrounded by is people a lot smarter than I am. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to one of those people that are smarter than I am um, this week, Mm -hmm. and they brought up such a good point when we talked about the CFL. We were talking about the fact that we have great ownership, you know, the new energy in this league, Amar Doman, right? Uh, Domin, the guy in Montreal. Uh, so yeah. right, it's the Pel- problem Pelado. is though, and this yeah. is this is where he he said it. He said, "Well, you know, the problem is is we've got great Pelado and Amar Domin are fantastic, but Calgary and Edmonton are a dumpster fire. So it essentially it essentially balances out. We're not actually getting what we could be getting out of Amar Domin and Pelado because of the fact that Edmonton and Calgary are, are, and are going in the wrong direction. So, so, so I, I like you. I'm, that's why I'm glad you said that because I got a chance to, because he, he was exactly right. He was exactly right. You know, we do have, Amar Domin's doing a great job. Montreal's doing a great job. But then we look over and we got Edmonton and Calgary. And that Victor are just Queen over. Edmonton's doing his job in terms of getting Victor people. Queen. I mean, that games. guy's trying everything. Yeah. yeah that guy's doing everything he can but they've got to win so i i am there's no bigger edmonton fan right now than myself yeah. i think that i i'm hoping edmonton wins that game and uh and 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 that's where i say i i think that they can win that game i think it'll be a blow i think hamilton is really really struggling and i think one of the things that you know i said this i think during a broadcast you know there there's two guys that the cfl really really likes you know it's 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 paul lapolis and it's orlando steinauer and if this were any other coach the, the orlando 
Randall Steinauer would have been in the CFL news every single day of the week leading up to this. And we're not talking about it because they love Orlando Steinauer, and I get it. I get it. He is he has done a lot for the CFL. He was a great player, and he and we and and he came back on the trust. I mean, he was doing well in the NCAA at Fresno State, by the way. That's big time football, mm-hmm. right? And as the DC, and he came back to the CFL. So you know what? We have to be grateful for him. But the the truth is, the fact is that this week would not we wouldn't be talking. We wouldn't be only be talking about the Edmonton streak. We'd be talking about Orlando Steinauer potentially getting fired if it were any other coach. Yeah, for any sure. Coach. We're going to take a break and be back with more of the sports cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. We usually hear from Brian Raymond this time on Thursdays. We'll hear from him after 5 along with Jeremy Clark in our next segment. We're continuing our discussion with Luke Molander. We do play now picks here. So playnow.com, the only legalized online gaming site in Saskatchewan. Got to be 19 to play and gamble responsibly. Be smart when you're doing it. We we do it for fun. So we're talking about Mitch Picton here. Here we go. Mitch Picton. And any time touchdown score at 1.3 odds, yes or no? No. Okay, and why do you say that? Because he did, he balled out last game. I think that uh, I think the Calgary understands what they have against the Riders, and I think that around the red zone they're going to be they're going to they're going to roll to him. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah him and Emilis. I think that that are probably the guys. And okay, that's, yeah. So you're going no? Uh, he's too good. He's too good to get two touchdowns in a row. <laughs> he's too good. We can't have him do that. We don't want to increase his value by that. giving him two touchdowns. I'll let you in touch a row. that. I'll let you touch that. <laughs> that can't be what Coach Dickinson meant. I he like, didn't mean uh, that. Yeah, just, there's the no way, way that. The way but was, of course, the way it's presented is, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? But you know what? In fairness to Dickinson. He's too good. In fairness to Dickinson. can't start him. In fairness to Dickinson, and, I, and I've said this before, man. He comes on with me graciously every week. But but he he says his stuff on the first day of practice and says the same thing on the second day of practice and says the same thing on the third. Like, he's tired of talking to us. By like day three, he's like, I'm done with you guys. In yeah. his mind, right? Yeah, he's probably tired. You know what I mean? It's day three, man. They're putting in, though, they put the whole game. Day three, they're, they're, they're summarizing the game plan. Yeah. You got first down, second down, second and long, and, you, and that's your whole, your whole game plan goes in. By the time, yeah, you just want to play then. So how about, how about you? Take me through a player's mindset. When you're coming off an Ariel... And, and, oh, and yeah. Thomas are holding the board, and hey, uh, Molander, Balsy wants to talk to you, or uh, Kleisinger wants yeah, to yeah. talk to you. What's going through your mind? Oh my God. Okay, so I'm going to. Were there certain reporters you're like I don't want to talk? To yeah, there was there was one reporter that that you know, and I wasn't I wasn't the media darling, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But but I was interviewed enough, and uh, there there was one reporter that I requested to to not have to talk to after practice specifically because I worked really hard at practice my teammates worked really hard in practice and you know you're sucking air right yeah you're coming off you're in a good mood because you're done practice you, you got to figure out what's next for you to I, you don't want to be interviewed by somebody whose breath makes you not want to breathe at that point. <laughs> <laughs> right so you don't like yeah like because you're like oh, Man, this is a. It was a hard day. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so if you're like gassed out, <laughs> bit, you know what? But it, but hold but, on a second. Yeah, I, you know, it yeah. sounds funny, but I'm serious. Like, yeah, I know. But if you're if, if there's somebody in your face that makes you not want to breathe at that mm-hmm. point, and you're tired, like you don't. That's the opposite of what you want to be like. 
You know, like you want to, you want to, you're trying to recollect, you're trying to re-energize. So and one thing I appreciate about you, because we share a booth together yeah. for three hours, three and a half hours, four yeah. hours, and it's steamy. I make sure I always have breath mints. I make sure I always have my pit stick and I'm, yeah. and I, I appreciate it. I, I, one of the very first games, you're popping mints and spraying stuff in your mouth. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Well, I don't, he's brushing his teeth in the booth. Yeah. Well, because I'm going, because, you know, on the yeah. road, we're doing those games. Yeah. The interviews after, yeah. I'm going down there. Those guys have just ran around for 60 minutes. Yeah, I can't be in there with pizza breath and coffee breath, smelling like I was eating from the same trough the pigs were eating from. Okay, <laughs> because that's because those guys are tired. Like you really, your senses are elevated when you're yeah, tired like that, point. right? Like you don't want to like, mm-hmm. like man, you know. And like, just imagine if you lose too, and the guy, the guy that's interviewing you, comes down there, and his breath smells like hot garbage. Yeah, yeah, bro. Like that's not I'm glad cool. you're going down on me. Okay, second one in our play now picks. Yeah, you're funny today. I like it. I like you in studio better than on the phone. Okay, James Morrow or Jamal Morrow. Pardon me. Anytime touchdown score. Book it. Book it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Book it. Yeah. He had a great Book game. One seventy five all purpose last time they played the stats. I feel like we're gonna be on. I feel like we're gonna. There's gonna be the and he may be a deciding touchdown for tomorrow. I feel like he's gonna be on like the four yard line where yeah. you're not sneaking territory. You wanna and he either gets one in the flat or he just runs one. With the power, had a bad game last game catching the ball out of the backfield. wasn't very good. had a couple of key yeah, drops in yeah, that yeah, game. He's yeah, got to clean that better. up. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay, how about this one? Forty-four and a half points. The over/under one point nine is the odds there. Forty-four and a half over/under. I'm gonna go under. But okay. I'm not sure how it looks under because before you ruined my day by showing me the inactive list yeah. while we were on commercial yeah. break, I had the riders winning um, by 10. Wow. Yeah, I did. I, I had them turning it around this game. But now I looked at that inactive and it concerns me. So I'm still going to say under, but I'm, I don't know. I don't necessarily know how it's going to get there. 20? What twenty three twenty? I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's going to be like that. I. Wow. I. I feel like either team is going to do. I feel like one team's going to do really well and one team's going to do really poor. And I'm hoping that the, it's the riders that do really well. I think that again, you know, one of the things that has gone on, like I know people are frustrated. You know, they almost lost to Edmonton. If it wasn't for Edmonton, not yet. Blah blah blah. I, I really loved what half the players are saying. Hey, look, we're not going to apologize for winning a football. When game, do you do that? Right? No, you never do. Right? And so, so the close games. When you're winning the close games, that's what you want. You don't want to blow out teams by 50. Right? You don't learn anything from there. You don't even watch film seriously. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, we just beat these guys by 50. Yeah, okay guys, time to turn on the film. Yeah, let's just move on. Right? Like, no. I so, felt the last game, sorry for cutting you off, I felt the last game the Riders let the Stamps off the hook. They were up by 10 with five and a half to go. Thank you. And so, you said before that game, it didn't need to be close. Yeah, I'm not saying that anymore. Because no, no, no. the last two times I've said that, it's been close. Yeah. We've won, but it's been close. So, And that's yeah. why I'm bullish on this team right now. We have a Western heavy opening schedule. We, we've had a lot of injuries at the start. They aren't going away, and we are winning football games. I still think that this team's got a really good chance to be 4-1 heading into BC. I really do. Yeah. I, I, I still, But, yeah, as far as the point totals go, I don't see this as a high-scoring so game. So this is something else I got before I let you go. People have been asking me, they got to look at, don't they have to look at their training staff? Uh, Clint Spencer, by the way, had breakfast with them the other day. Their conditioning and training staff, Greg Mayer, because look at all these injuries, but you look at these injuries. Winicky was hurt. Somebody fell on him when he was on the ground, hurt his knee. Yeah, yeah. Foot, foot, finger, yeah. hand. 
uh, foot in a walking boot with Milligan. Like those aren't anything that a training staff or yeah, you're not, conditioning well, staff. Those aren't conditioning injuries. Well, at all those, there's not one uh, except for what's his face, the uh, tackle that lasted three plays. Um, uh, um, uh, um, uh, yeah, Hawkins. Uh, yeah, Hawkins. There isn't long term injuries there, as it seems. I, and what people have to understand, there's three six. There's a lot of guys on ours, but there's a lot of guys on every single um, injury report right now. Like you, there's no one team that's been like Calgary. Oh, yeah, Calgary doesn't have Kadeem Carey. Well, yeah, like every team is going through that, but that's why we talked all offseason about depth. And and what concerned us about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders was where the depth was going to come from. And thankfully, we have seen it, you know. Mm. And a guy like CJ Revis is a perfect example of that get depth. A guy like a guy who's, you know what, who's been doing a good job and nobody's talking about, like Nelson Lacombo, right? Like mm-hmm. he's got in there and he's provided solid reps. So um, I, I think that, yeah, we have to keep it in perspective. It looks crappy when you look at our injury report, but if you like take a step back you saw you 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 look at the whole league every team's got to deal with a situation like that right now got bad news for you what um good news and bad news bad news is you're too good to be our color commentator anymore yeah <laughs> good news is our parting gift is the saskatoon berries jersey <laughs> i wouldn't either i oh my god could you imagine the saskatoon berries i can't wait till that logo comes out. i'm buying a hat i'm maybe that's it maybe it's maybe they were like yo listen Subliminal. guys we need to make this so bad that people people are like on board like Love it. you know yeah because i'm gonna buy a hat i have to buy a hat i have to be like look i have to show my friends in ontario look how stupid this is hey guys look how stupid this is you know what i mean hey, you're funny man i'll talk to you later see you guys later see, see you on saturday yeah, yeah you will man it's gonna be great we'll be back with more of the sports cage in a moment on 620 ckrm talk lives here welcome to another hour of the sports cage with your host michael ball Big night in the CFL tonight. The Edmonton Elks trying to end a 19-game home losing skid, taking on the Hamilton Tiger Cats at Commonwealth Stadium. 7 o'clock kickoff our time. Uh, Team Saskatchewan taking on Team Quebec in the U18 Canada Cup Championship, also in Edmonton. They'll play Saturday at Commonwealth Stadium. We'll get to the Riders' injury stuff as well. The show is, in a second, the show is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Um, check them out. There's two locations, one in the east, one in Harbor Landing, one in Moose Jaw. Got a great menu, all the sports under one roof, and a dollar off of tankards, plus other great drink specials. Another one of our sponsors on the show, or that spend their money with us, Flowing Springs. And let's head out and talk to Brian Raymond, Flowing Springs guru out there. Before we get to golf, Brad Haroff, the 43rd head coach in Pat's history. You're a hockey guy. What do you think about that? Well, I think Brad's put his time in as an assistant coach, and I think it's probably appropriate that they give him an opportunity to maybe coach the team. And he, I know he has looked after the team in in, uh, mm-hmm. in certain aspects in when uh, John Paddock was ill. So he, it's not like he hasn't stepped into something he hasn't done before. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, a good move. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Al Miller is, uh, is a nice, you know, you go from John Paddock, and then you got Al Miller coming in to help you out. I think Brad Haroff's positioned in a nice uh, spot there. Oh, absolutely! You know, Al Miller's got a good uh, a good reputation, and, and certainly a ton of experience uh, in Moose Jaw and Ontario in the Ontario Hockey League, and of course with Hockey Canada as well. All right, so uh, we got a football game on Saturday at five o'clock. But I would think fans coming in from Saskatoon or wherever they could uh, bring their sticks and uh, play before, and then go to the game. 
Well, you know what? We still have a couple of openings uh, early in the morning. So if you wanted mm-hmm. to come out and play 18 holes, uh, get out here early in the morning, give us a call and book a tee time. We also have a nine-hole rate. So if you want to come in and get nine holes in and then maybe get freshened up and head to the football game, we can do that for you as well. Yeah, nine's right down my alley. I was talking to, uh, to you about that the other day. Love nine. I'm, I'm kind of a uh, a guy who loses interest after a while in, in a bunch of different things. And so I'm like, you know what? Nine is nine. I'm into it. My 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 body holds up well. I, I can't. You know, I use a cart, uh, Brian, and you don't appreciate the athletes these golfers are when they're walking the whole course. Well, absolutely. I mean, they're playing. Most of them are playing uh, in the southern climate where it gets a lot hotter than it does here. I mean, can you imagine right now in in the, some of the states in the southern states it's forty four degrees. Can yeah. you imagine playing golf in forty four degrees. Yeah, that, that, that's crazy. Hey, in terms of the golf course, this has to be one of the better years in terms of the way it looks with all the moisture we had. Oh, no question about it. I mean, we were certainly having some problems with too much moisture there for a couple of days, but uh, it certainly has paid dividends over the course of the summer, and uh, yeah, we are in good shape, and uh, just wait for folks to come out and play golf. And, you know, we do have specials other than uh, I don't know, Monday and Wednesday. Like, if you mm-hmm. want to come out and play nine holes any day of the week, it's only $41. And if you're coming out after twilight, or, or early twilight, it's $35. And after 6 o'clock, it's only $19 to come out and play the golf course. And if you've had a tough day at work uh, and you just want to bang out some stress, you got a great driving range, too. It is a huge driving range, all grass, no mats. We've got target greens out there. So, yes, it's a great place to come out and certainly to hone your skills and, like you say, come out and take out a little frustration. Yeah, like uh, if, I, if I wanted 100, like what would 100 balls cost me or how do you sell the balls there? We, for- s- we sell them by the basket, and you're right. 100 balls is $14. Oh. You can get a smaller basket of 50 for $9. And some folks come out and hit a warm-up basket of 25 balls, and it's only $6 before you play golf. Gee whiz, that's cheaper and healthier than drinking. Uh, yeah, I would think so. <laughs> <laughs> to get the stress out. Hey, Brian, how did they get a hold of you? Give us a call at 306-543-5050. And you can also book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Take care. Go Riders. Have a good weekend. Yeah, go Riders for sure. And I'm glad Brian brought that up. Uh, the Riders are, uh, well, if they can get through this one with a victory, it will be... Um, Pretty spectacular. You look at this injury report right now, Sean. Let's go through this. Uh, we'll get to uh, the top of the injury report in a second here. But okay, Jake Winicky is out with that knee injury. Don't know exactly how long yet. So we weren't shocked by that. Matt Dean, the York linebacker draft pick, out with a foot injury. Anthony Lanier the second, the big one on defense, out with a foot injury. We know he's been hobbled last couple of weeks. Brandon Council, offensive lineman, who did a great job actually, I thought, playing left tackle. Hurt his finger, he's out. How long can this Riders offensive line withstand all these injuries? Peter Godber is out with a hand injury for the second straight week. Roland Milligan Jr., who might be my Besides Larry Dean, my favorite football player on this team, uh, great all-around guy in terms of defense, leadership, special teams. He's out with a back and a foot problem. He's in a boot, and as Luke Mauder told us off the air, when you're in a boot, you're looking probably at a minimum of three weeks. Yeah, That's least, just yep. the, Luke's not a doctor, but he's played the game. Uh, doubtful Rodney Clemens with an ankle. Well, he hasn't been in the lineup, so not diminishing the injury, but that doesn't have a, a serious effect on the roster. Uh, who else is out for this game? Uh, that's it. we got Charbel DeBeers questionable with the leg injury. Frankie Hickson questionable with his uh, back. Then they've got a dash beside Brett Lother, Amari Henderson, uh, 
Brett with the leg, Amari with the rib, uh, Kosi Onyeka is doubtful with a leg. Lake Corte Moore got a dash by his name with a leg. And CJ Rivas a dash by his uh, name with a leg. So I would think the dashes, Rivas, Luke Corte, uh, Lake Corte Moore, pardon me, Amari Henderson, and Brett Lothar will all, I would ex- expect them to play. Yeah. That usually ex- means no designation, means they're. Yeah. No designation. Now, the guy at the top of the injury report, and he's been this way for a couple of weeks, is Jeremy Clark. And it's not a case of falling in the doghouse. It's a case of the ratio and how the riders want to line up their roster, which is unique, interesting, uh, schematics-wise, and how you want to attack week to week, and even when you're signing players in the offseason. Jeremy Clark just got caught in a numbers game. I had a chance to catch up with uh, J.C., well, you kind of been biding your time here, man, practicing but not playing. How does it feel to, you know, potentially be back in this lineup? Oh, it feels good. I mean, just talking to the coaches with the, um, you know, the ratio rule in Canada, they're just like, uh, you got to love CFL. So I'm just trying to stay focused and just stay game ready because I never know. Yeah, was it hard to wrap your rain or, uh, brain around that? You're probably used to it last year, but now it's really impacting you. Is it, was it kind of hard to wrap your brain around? You know, yeah, it was very difficult, but I just tried to keep my spirits up, you know, just not let anybody know it bothered me. Just try to be there for my teammates with all the injuries going down, I kind of understand with the ratio, so it wasn't too much complaining on my end. Yeah, I often wonder about an American guy, because you probably feel like, I'm better, but there's the ratio, it's a very Canadian part of the Canadian Football League, along with all the other rules, and this league does afford you an opportunity to keep playing, right? right. Yeah, exactly, it's just different out here, because like you said, um, the best guys aren't always playing because of the ratio, so yeah. it's just you gotta get in where you fit in, if the receivers need more American receivers, get up, and you just can't be selfish, you gotta just be for the team. And you're earning a paycheck. Exactly, and that's that <laughs> Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk about this league and your appreciation for this league so far, Jeremy. Oh yeah, it's um a guy like me bouncing around from league to league. It's good just to be, have a, a league like this that can give guys an opportunity. You know, America has a lot of leagues that they have coming up, but it's good for CFLs and I have a nice stable league to come to. Yeah. And what do you think about playing here? You've nicely been in here for a year and a bit, uh, Saskatchewan. Does it feel like home, kind of like a second home? Oh yeah, definitely. I had enough. Uh, I think this is going on my third year here, so I'm getting real comfortable yeah. here. Yeah. I like the fans and everything, so this is like home to me. So talk about this game coming up. Calgary Stampeders. Bagleton's back in the lineup. They got Marcel, uh, Michelle, who was there before and now back. Uh, just your thoughts on what you see from them on tape. Uh, of course, there's some great players, but um, we're just going to treat them just like anybody else. Just um, just do what we're taught and just stay where we've been practicing. Now, injuries in the secondary. Milligan's out. Uh, they'll move uh, Williams inside, you back outside. Uh, you know, talk about communication. How important is that in this game? Oh, it's going to be very um, important. Like you said, this guy's playing new position. We got younger guys up. So it usually is just like a couple guys talking, but this game we're going to need everybody talking to make sure we're all on the same page. So communication is going to be key. So I know coach is still supportive of you. You just said it was a ratio thing, but uh, how did you keep your spirits up mentally? You talked about that. Uh, just talking to the coaches, you know, they were just like, you know, it isn't anything you did. It's just like, this is just a part of our game, you know, and I, we know it's tough. We just need you to be a great teammate right now and support the team. So I was okay with doing that. Can you evaluate for me your play to this point? Oh, yeah. It's been a couple plays that haven't been going my way. Mm-hmm. But it's, as a DB, you can't focus on that. Like, have, the saying is have a short-term memory, and I believe I live by that. So I don't really focus too much on the bad. And how jacked are you to watch a, a guy like uh, Nick Marshall, uh, who plays the same position as you, the other corner, seal the game two games in a row? Oh, yeah. That's my, my man. Like, we always sit beside each other in meetings and everything, try to see what everybody's thinking. So it's just good to see him make plays, and I feel like I'm making the plays through him. <laughs> hey, man. Best of luck. Thank you. 
follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. As Roscoe P. Coltrane would say from the Dukes of Hazard, the uh, sheriff, good news, good news. It Next reminds week, me of Paul Bear from The Undertaker. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Sportsgate shareholders. Take my hand. Do take my hand. And next week, I will tell you about a glorious sports trip. (gasps) Dong. Dong. That's right. We're going to tell you where we're going, what's going to be going on. I will tell you right now. in my humble opinion, even though I went to watch my own team, the Chargers, it's better than last year. Am I coming? <laughs> figure it out. Well, that wasn't bad. That we'll figure that out because that was good of you. It was great having you there and helping me do the show. Uh, I will tell you, it's a warm destination. Ooh. That's what I'll tell you. It's warm. Bahamas, here we come. N A N N F L, N H L. Bahamas is off the list. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, tourist destination, too, by the way. That's all I'll say. Mm. Now, let's get to... uh, East Coast, West Coast? uh, No more hints, no more hints. Can't give you all the hints, but we'll tell you you next week. We will definitely get her going next week. So, um, here's what I need you to do. I need you to call... 936-6262 936-6262 or 1-866-767-0620 toll free. We pick up the charges there. You will call in for Sastel Pick the Score and this is a special edition so oh, my yeah. friend Sean Kleisinger said, Sean, can you reach over into the tickle trunk there? Reach into the, Here, uh, just give me a second, the Ballsy and Zinger tickle trunk there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right in the back corner of the tickle trunk. Yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mr. Dress... Mr. Dress Up's old glasses there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. That's Casey. Uh, that's Casey's coloring book. We don't want that. Here we go. Here we go. Got it? You okay, got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. One, two. Uh, hear the ticks. Hear yeah. the ticks. Okay. Three. Four. Almost sound like five. Four tickets to the Riders game against Calgary Stampeders this Saturday. That's what we call a family pack around here. So, if you're the right caller, if we pick you while we run this interview, you'll come on the air, you'll pick a score. You'll automatically get the family pack of ticks. We're calling it a family pack. You could bring three friends. We really don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, Or three family members, or three girlfriends, or your wife and two girlfriends, or your husband and three boyfriends. Two boyfriends, I really don't care. Anyway, if you're closest to picking the score for the week... You will, uh, and, and we pick your name, you will get a $200 gift card from Sastel, and then next year be in the running for a game experience and a luxury suite for you and three others. 936-6262-1866-767-0620. So with the injury now to uh, Milligan, as I see it now without having the depth chart in front of me, Nick Marshall, the Marshall in one corner, Amari Henderson, one half back, uh, the other halfback, probably Deontay Williams. And then the corner will be Jeremy Clark, who we just heard from. You'll see a combination of Dalkey, Revis, Moncrief playing all over the linebacking core and the safety spot. That's how I initially see it. We'll know for sure tomorrow when the depth charts come out. But let's hear from Jaden Dalkey right now. Hey, I'm joined with Jaden Dalkey and Jaden. I guess it was a little bit of a 
a wrinkle in terms of practice this week, in terms of, I guess, uh, day two. We saw you lining up at linebacker, Moncrief switching up at safety. Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts. What, you, what do you think about playing linebacker? Oh, yeah, it's fine. Um, it's... We just like to switch it up, keep us both fresh on it. Like we've been primarily, I was out taking a lot of free reps, but we just both wanted to have the availability and the reps at taking both spots. So that was all it was. Is it a big adjustment when you, you know move down? I guess a little bit lower into I guess in the front seven. Um, I wouldn't say it's a big adjustment. There's just a lot of little things, uh, different cues and reads that you have, uh, and. Yeah, you just have different responsibilities when you're down there. So that's just what we were working on. And it's a kind of maybe not a coincidence, the fact that, you know, it's between like it seems those two spots is always occupied this season between you, Moncrief, and as well C.J. Rebus. Sorry, what was the question? I, I was just saying, is it not, not really a coincidence, the fact that, you know, you three players occupy those two positions in terms of is a lot of simil similarities between those two positions? Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's the way it's uh, schemed up in our defense. So that's, uh, that's the depth for it. Uh, what's your thoughts about, I guess, the defensive performance from last week? Was it the kind of that classic bend but don't break uh, game against the, the Elks? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great summary of it. And I don't think anybody, I, I think the one thing that we could take away as a defense is like uh, we never gave up on anybody else. And whether it's on like a other side of the ball and on our team, nobody ever felt like uh, nobody ever kind of separated in that. And we all just knew that we'd find a way. Just found a way to win, so it worked out. It's like kind of the, you know, along with the defense, all three facets of the, the team has kind of found that way to win the season. Yeah, yeah, and it's nice. It's nice because that just means that everybody's, uh, we're not quitting on each other. We got each other's back. So it's a good feeling as well, as well as uh, not just the winning, but just knowing that you, ha you have guys that uh, you can count on and they can count on you. Another divisional opponent this weekend, uh, Calgary. What was kind of the big takeaway from that first matchup a couple of weeks ago back in at McMahon Stadium in Calgary? that they, uh, they can also find some ways to make plays when they need to. So we just have to, ideally, we try to put them away earlier than what we did and get them out of the fight. Do you think the, is the gap between your, yourselves and Calgary maybe slim, even though the G guys have a 3-1 record and they're at a 1-3 record? Yeah, I think, uh, I think every opponent in this league can be a dangerous opponent, and especially when it comes to divisional because everybody wants it just a little bit more in that uh, three-game matchup throughout the season. So we're looking to win the tiebreaker and obviously go up one nothing in this week. Is one thing about Calgary that you maybe you expect a little bit more than other teams across the league is the fact uh, their ground game, even though they got a couple guys out there, still rely on that rushing attack. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Mills, Mills is a great downhill runner, and I know that I know that Logan's out, but they'll they'll find another way to compensate. But yeah, he's a uh, and their O line is uh, it's very well put together. So uh, we're expecting they're going to try to run the ball a lot. And as well, Bagleton back. That's a, obviously a big addition for them in the receiving court that he was missing the last time you guys faced him. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely going to be uh, uh, you know young younger younger quarterback and that more veteran presence. Like he's going to be dependent on and looked at early and often. So we're planning for that. How big was it to get that home win, you know, after a year to finally, you know, get taste some victory here at Mosaic Stadium last week? Yeah, it was pretty sweet. I don't know if uh, anybody saw me, but I was going crazy up on the bench when uh, even when victory formation was out. Uh, so, yeah, it was great. Great having my family around and uh, everybody was electric here. So it was fantastic. If you guys would get a win on Saturday, you guys would uh, hold the season series edge over two divisional opponents. You know, at this stage of the season, is that just kind of a feather in the cap or is that, you know, a genuine reward for your, your guys' uh, fast start? Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think it more so, you know, feather in the cap because anything could happen. It's a long season, but it's just nice to keep on uh, keep winning, go four and one this week. You like the fact that it's been all divisional points. Even got another one after this against BC as well. 
Yeah, I uh, I don't mind it at all. I think I think it's a uh, I think we get a lot of high level high level football out of the way right away, and then uh, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Jaden. Thanks. This is Jane Dulkey of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Okay, pick the score. We've got Kevin Wog wait, uh, waiting pati- uh, patiently. Hi, Kevin. Hey, guys. How you doing, man? I'm doing not too bad. That's good, bud. Okay, so uh, pick the score. Who do you got on Saturday? Unfortunately, I think it's going to be Stamps 21-19. Just because of our injuries, or you hate the Riders? Uh, no, I think we're a little bit beat up. Yeah. Wouldn't it be right now, unfortunately. Wouldn't it be huge if the Rough Riders won that game though to go to four and one through all these injuries? Oh, it'd be fantastic. I think I with all due respect, Kevin, I think you're dead wrong. I don't think you know anything about football. I hope and I th- so. And I, I think hope the you Ru- guys are right. I think the Rough Riders are gonna win, but it'll be a close game. I'd almost see twenty three twenty or twenty two nineteen for the Rough Riders. But Kevin, congratulations. You've won four tickets to the game on Saturday. Sounds great. Thank yeah, you. That, are you. Who are you going to take to that game? Or who are you going to give them I, to? I think my wife and a couple of friends. Awesome. Would they be girlfriends or friends? Friends. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just bugging you, Kevin. I'm just bugging you. Anyway. I hear you. Uh, any, how long have you been married? Uh, just coming up to 25 years. Wow. That's a life sentence, buddy. <laughs> That's another joke. That's another joke. Anyway, uh, yeah, free Kevin. Is your wife a Ryder fan? Yes, she is very Uh, much so. Who's your favorite Ryder, Kevin? Um, I'd have to go with Harris right now. Yeah, uh, he's always a popular choice. What about your wife? Um, I think probably Marshall. Okay, Uh, your wife's name is what? Wanda. Wanda. Well, I'll tell you what. Wanda is probably a main reason you guys are together twenty five years. Would I be right when I say that? Oh, definitely. That's good, man. Okay, uh, congratulations. You now have an opportunity to win tick, uh, win a $200 gift card from Sastel and then a chance to go in, if you win that gift card, into the uh, sweet experience next year, okay? Sounds awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Take care, bud. You bet. Bye-bye. Right. When we come back, we got our uh, Red Sox report after the news. Farhan Lalji, and we'll wrap up hearing from Sam Emelis, and we'll talk a little league baseball too before it's all said and done this is the sports cage on 620 ckrm and we are back inside the sports cage it's 533 here on this mighty fine thursday and the sports ticker is brought to you by busy b overhead busy b will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out catch the buzz Busy Bee Doors, the Garage Door Specialists. Well, the big news of the day here in uh, the Queen City of Regina, Saskatchewan, is the Regina Pats. They have their brand new head coach. It was announced just after noon today under the orange top at the Brand Center. Brad Haroff is the new guy in charge, and we had Brad Haroff on the sports cage with us today at about 4.20. If you missed that conversation, you can find it on demand wherever you find your podcast. It will be posted shortly after the conclusion of today's show. So, uh, Haroff, of course, replacing uh, the legendary John Panic, who announced his retirement on Monday. Showcasing the boys of summer. Time for another edition of the Sports Cage Regina Red Sox Report on 620 CKRM. 
First pitch we see is going to get roped out to right field there by Bittner Workman. Tyron Dorrance is going to have some work of his own to keep this one to a double. No, it's going to go for a triple. They'll get the throw to third, but it's not in time. Giving him two extra. Here's the full count pitch, and this one is going to get sent out towards center. It'll be a stand-up walk home for Bittner Workman. Well, the show is sponsored by the Canadian Brew House, and so is the Regina Red Sox Report. Last night's impact player of the game was the guy you just heard from, Bittner Workman. He went three for five with the one-run score you just heard about, but the Red Sox would fall 5-3 to the Weyburn Beavers, dropping two in a row to the Beavers. In fact, a bit of a slide here for the Red Sox, who are now 17-21 and on the season. Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the show. 936-6262, the number to text. Uh, you can call that number locally, too, or one 620 Okay, let's head out on the uh, Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Talk to our friend Farhan Lalji from TSN. So... Does Edmonton do it tonight? Yeah, I've I, I publicly now gone on record as saying they're going to do it tonight. Um, I just, they got to win at some point at home, mm. don't they, Ballsy? Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of getting sad. You're playing a Hamilton team that is toothless, right? I mean, you know, they, like, look, I like Matthew Shills. I think he's just fine as a quarterback. I probably think Hamilton is the quarterback edge in this game, if you want to ask me honestly. Uh, but they're banged up. They're not playing with a ton of confidence. They were fortunate to win last week. Um, I, I absolutely think Edmonton is capable of winning this game. I think there's probably a little desperation that goes with this game because after this, they've got Winnipeg and BC in back-to-back games. So if you don't win this one, you're staring 0-8 in the face pretty quick, right? I think it's 0-9 because they got they got Winnipeg, B, they got Hamilton, Winnipeg, BC, Winnipeg, I think. Like, I think it's just murder as oh, well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, good point by you. You could be looking at 0-9 in a real hurry. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think there's some desperation that goes with it and I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I can't sit here and give you an overly analytical response as to why I think they're going to win, but they just can't keep losing at all. No um, no, no cheering, uh, you're a national reporter, but I, I have to be honest, I've been on record saying I, I, it's uh, it's better for the league if Edmonton wins tonight. Like, the league needs Edmonton Dude, to win tonight. I'm cheering. Yeah. I'm cheering. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. For exactly what you said. It, the league can't have this continue. Um like it's killing me to see watching Edmonton games and seeing that fan base. Like seeing the crowds at Commonwealth as a CFL fan, that is hard to watch. Yeah, it's and, it's really hard to watch. They, they used to run neck and neck with the Oilers. People that are too young to remember that wouldn't know. Like the Edmonton Eskimos were as popular as the Edmonton Oilers. Like like Gretzky and those guys would run in the same circles as Warren Moon and those type of players. Like they were the exact same. They were on the same level. Yeah, and quite frankly, I don't think you have to go that far to the '80s to think of it that way, right? Like the. The city of champions and the pride they took, even in 2015 when they won the Great Cup, it was a big deal then. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, and, and maybe they weren't equals then, but you know, right now it's like, you know, 99 to one. Whereas maybe yeah. then it was like, you know, maybe it was it was 60 40 or 70 30, yeah. right? Like it's 
Yeah. It's so bad watching it right now. And, you know, I, I think fans want to come back there. I don't think it's like in some of the other bigger markets where there's a lost generation that you've got to recapture. It's not like that. Fans will come back if they have a reason to come back. And, you know, like I'm not saying they're going to sell out by the end of the year, but like, you know, they had over 30,000 for the season opener, right? And yeah. it's not like there was, you know, crazy concerts and everything like that. Like, you know, there, yes, there were promotions around the season opening game, and I'm sure there were a lot of giveaways, but. You know, I always I always think that when it comes to giveaways, it's not the big deal a lot of people think because people are more willing to to waste their money than they are waste their time in a lot of cases, right? So it's like, yeah, give me tickets. I'm still not wasting my time there. <laughs> you know, and when you get there, they've, they've still got to spend money when they're there on, on concessions and things of that nature. So I think their first crowd was legitimate, and I think a lot of those people are willing to come back if they just have a reason. Farhan Lalji joining us here from TSN. They're a great sideline reporter, also does play-by-play at times, covers the Canucks as well. Um, staying with the CFL, do you think McLeod Bethel-Thompson comes back to this league? Um, I, I'd be I'd be shocked if he came back before Labor Day, and if you gave me if you told me yes or no hard, I don't think he's coming back this season. Uh, I think he's going to take as much time as he needs uh, to feel like uh, every stone has been overturned. I do know that McLeod wants to continue playing, right? But for him, it's he's there's certain things he's got to get out of his system, and uh, you know, timing is going to be everything for him. Do I think you know? In the Ottawa situation is tough because if you wait until September, what are you coming back to? Yeah, right. Like if you know, if you want to come back, come back and try to make this team you know, get to 500 and get in a playoff run and get some playoff money and have some success, you don't want to come back to a situation that's like, you know, 2-10. and 10. Like at, at that point, where where's the motivation to come back to try to squeak them in at that point? Like, that's, that's a tough ask. So um, I'm not sure the right situation is going to present itself to him. So might he come back in 2024, right? Like, I think that's a real possibility. I think... Uh, the chances of him coming back before Labor Day are highly unlikely, and then after Labor Day, I'd say 50-50 at best. Farhan Lalji, your son's a quarterback, a budding quarterback coming up through the ranks. Uh, you know better than anybody, it takes good quarterbacking to make a game quote-unquote cook. I wouldn't say it's a crisis situation, but we have some issues at the quarterback spot in the CFL. And help me out, I don't remember it being like this ever during the time I watched from a 10-year-old. Ballsy, big-time crisis. It's a, and Dave, Naylor and I debated it. It's probably on our website somewhere today um, on, uh, on TSN. But um, I go back to 2017, and going into that year, I, I went through all the rosters, and every team probably felt good about at least two of the quarterbacks in their building. Mm-hmm. And that is not the case now. We don't have nine good ones, let alone 18. And we're in a situation where, like, you know, how does Bo Levi Mitchell lose a starting job and get a raise? What industry can we do that in? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a good point. It's a good How point. Trevor Harris go into the 2022 season as a backup and in 2023 make over 500000 How does Dane Evans actually increase value by not playing in 2023? Like, Dane could sit his ass on the bench for an entire season and not play a meaningful snap, and he will have more value next year. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders don't have a quarterback in their building that they think is their future. Their plan for 2024 is to have Trevor Harris play at 38 and maybe have Trevor Harris play at 39 and 40. That's the plan. And that's what we're having in this league. You tell me who that next one is going to be. We thought it was going to be Jake Mayer. Maybe not, right? Like, you know, you look around this league and that guy is not there. One of the biggest problems, and we, we went through a bunch of reasons as to why this is happening, I hate the third quarterback. 
the fact is right now, Ballsy, in this league, because they can't field three good ones, they're taking the third one, and it's actually become its own position. Short yardage quarterback. Mm-hmm. You and I were younger. This, the guy that came in to run sneaks was the second stringer at worst, if not the starter. But now they don't want to develop a guy in the three-hole. They want a separate guy altogether that can just manage the short yardage. Like, BC's got Dom Davis. He's 33, right? Like, he's not their future. And if we've got a third guy on the in the building, they need to have a developmental process for that guy. And believe me when I tell you, you go back to Kananaskis for the meetings this offseason, the league knows this is a serious, serious situation. And they're going to come up with all sorts of ideas. You know, the problem is football ops don't want to be told what to do, and the league doesn't want to spend money, and the PA, if it involves money, wants to be involved. So you've got everybody with their own agendas, and it makes it hard to solve this problem. But believe me, it is a crisis. Powerful words from Farhan Lalji, one of our uh, best hits in a while. Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Take care, buddy. And I'm picking the Riders to beat the Stamps this week. I think so, too. They'll find a way. Next time we talk, I want maybe you and Naylor can do a deep dive. It seems to me in talking to a couple of therapists, although they don't have exact numbers, injuries are up this year all the way around the league. So maybe we can do a deeper dive into that next time you're on. Let's do it. Thanks, man. Take care. Thanks, you too. That's uh, Farhan Lalji joining us. We'll be back to wrap the show up in a moment on 620 CKRM.